So early start today, huh? Yeah. Got some plans for the night. So uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and get some recording done so I can clean myself up with a nice shower <laughs> and then trim my non-existent beard and not do makeup because <laughs> I don't, I don't, nothing against, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to stop that sentence right now. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, that's what I say to those that, you know, choose to put on makeup, whatever floats your boat. It's been uh been quite a stressful week for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I want to roll right into weeks if the Sounds good. Unless you have any well actually from last week. I know I know we did a lot of Persona 5 talk as we're probably going to do some today. Uh got to make sure we keep that shit crisp. Yep. Uh mm-hmm. I got nothing well, I'm then, uh, anxious to hear. Sweet. So, uh, as I, I think I mentioned either last episode or episode before that, I may have mentioned sometime in the life of this podcast in the past month or so, I've been uh, nose into the books dealing with a uh, course for the military I've had to study with. This is like work and school related, so I, I hope nobody clicks off immediately. I'm not going to spend all day on this, trust me. But... Very important for my military career. Very important that I pass. Uh, can't go into details about it, of course, but I mean, it's probably not like comp, it's not secret shit or anything, but the course itself is divided up into three sections. And I did the book work, took the test, passed the first part, did the book work, took the test, passed the second part, and then stressed the fuck out over part three. Not because it was, I don't feel much harder. Mm-hmm. But that, like, th- this was it. You know, once I pass this, I'm finished. Yay, but also, I need to pass this one, you know. It's kind of that test anxiety so, bullshit. So is this three different tests or three parts of right. the same test? Yeah, three entirely different tests. Okay. None of which tests, it's not like a step thing where you got to know this shit from the first one. It's all individual, but they're okay. all, they're all, it's a lot of fucking material in each one. Right. And it's one of those, you know, 2,000 pages, you have 13 questions kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, as I, I think I may have mentioned last episode, I was uh, studying for that test, which I took today. And I'm not even going to bullshit around it, man. I passed it fucking rock rock solid. Nice. I was so fucking happy, man. I I've, I don't normally get stressed about tests. I get a lot of uh, second guessing of myself and shit like that. And uh, and again, especially with this one being like, this is the third, man. You got to pass this one. If you don't, it's going to suck to get this far and blow it. But I actually did better on this test than I did the other two. So <laughs> at the end of the day, all my book work, all my studying, all my pre-tests, exams, all that bullshit, all done. Whole course is finished. I'm passed. It's finished with, over. And now I can relax in my free time and enjoy my life, uh, which... Now I can have some more time to focus on some other things that I've been getting involved with, mm-hmm. um, which I think we should play this week a little different. I think we should do kind of a mix of what we've been doing just because we have two different things. We have two things that we both are going to talk about, sure. which is D&D and Persona 5. Yep. Uh, and honestly, folks, uh, aside from that, okay, well, I have been playing God of War 1 and 2. I said I did want to do that. Because I have the new God of War coming out, I think April 20th, I believe is the release date. And 
I don't even think it's like a necessity, but I wanted to uh, go ahead and go back through the trilogy, the original games, and just refresh myself on the story, right. get some better insight on the past games. You know, there, there's also a couple of uh, PSP games, I believe. I may or may not jump into those, but I've also had God of War 3 for years and years, and just by circumstance, I've never actually played it. So now I'm playing through all three. I played God of War 1 and this is not a bragging thing it's just just because of the nature of the game I think I beat it in roughly around 10 hours or so pretty pretty good D- definitely has aged uh, I'd have to look at the date but uh, I think this thing I got a 2000 2005 2006 vibe from this game uh, it's 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 old uh, I oh and just for clarity I'm playing uh, God of War 1 and 2, uh, I'm playing the God of War Saga version, which is the PlayStation 1 of the PlayStation 3 re-releases. Kind of upscale graphics-ish, but I mean, you can tell, you know, you can tell the age on the first God of War, upscaled or not. Uh, yeah. same thing for God of War 2. And then God of War 3, even, and this is, this is how fucking just pinky in the air I'm being, even though I have God of War 3 on the PlayStation 3, I went ahead and bought the remastered version on PlayStation 4, just just because, just play, a, play the updated version of it. But yeah, so I played God of War 1 all the way through, uh, ran through it, it was it had its it had its challenges, most notably toward the end, and especially the last boss when you fight uh, against Ares. Chris, have you played the original trilogy? So I actually bought the, I think it was actually on PS3. They did mm-hmm. a uh, all three games together. And I have that, I believe. I played one and beat it. I mm-hmm. don't know if I finished two or not. I think I'm like halfway or three quarters through two. And then I got sidetracked with something else. So I still yeah. haven't completed the series or the gotcha. trilogy rather. Gotcha. Yeah, I noticed that whenever I was looking through the remasters and the re-releases of God of Wars, I think God of War 1 and 2 got re-released a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saga one that I got, I think it has God of War, God of War 2, and I think it has the two PSP games. I, I, I'm assuming the two PSP games. I, I don't even know what the fuck I have. I just have games. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, yeah. I'll get through this story eventually. I played God of War 1, beat it. Uh, I got kind of kind of hemmed up toward the end of the game. There are a couple last ditch, uh, some of the, a couple things in the last areas of the game I was uh, hemming me up pretty bad, especially the last boss. He, he can be kind of cheap, but man, fuck that. I've been through Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Come at me, bro. <laughs> um, I remember specifically... Back in the day, one thing that extremely pissed me off, and I was looking forward to getting back to this area. I was actually confused. I thought it was God of War 2 this happened, but no, it was God of War 1. Somewhere in like the first third of the game, maybe in halfway through the game, there's an area where the 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 gimmick of this area is there's a giant pit in the middle of the arena at the top of the pit is a blue circle with runes around it, and at the bottom of the pit is another blue circle with runes around it. You enter this room, and like two, three, four, whatever, uh, centaurs come into the room. I don't even think at this point you've even fought centaurs. But they come into the room, and 
I remember this back in the day vividly. I got so fucking pissed off at this thing. I could not get it properly. I could not get it. For one, I didn't know what the hell they wanted me to do. And then once through context clues that the game does give you, I figured out what to do, but then I couldn't get it to happen. And what they want you to do is you have to kill the minotaurs or the centaurs in those blue circles. I can't remember. It's like two or three or four respectively. And the way if for those of you that haven't played God of War, the characters, the enemies in the game, what's a good phrase to put this floor? They they float walk, I guess you could say. Okay. You can see you can see their legs moving back and forth, and it would, it, and this is a three D environment by the way. Mm-hmm. So, but this the movement that they're doing is not in coordination with the movement of their feet. They are going left to right and like swinging like in a pendulum form around you and making circles around you, but their legs are not doing that. They're just like left right left right. Uh, enemies do a lot of tracking in these games. They do a lot of quick uh, quick maneuvers. They do a lot of block and counterattack immediately. They, if as if you don't block accordingly or you or you don't roll away accordingly, they can get you. And they can. You think God? Of, I mean, uh, like like Dark Souls Two has tracking issues. Oh boy, God of War has tracking issues with enemies. So. Back to this area, these centaurs are moving like all over the place. And I remember trying my damnedest to, for one, maneuver them into the circle and then finishing, getting like attacking them and trying to get the finishing blow to happen while they're in the circle. I think they, they could barely just they could be touching the circle. It's fine. And for whatever reason, back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, this this was the hardest fucking thing in the game for me, aside hmm. from fighting Ares. And this time, when I walked into the room, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. I remember this. Yep, there's the things on the floor. Yep, here here comes the fuck. Here we go. So here, it's God of War 1. It's not 2. Let's fucking do this. And I got it first try. <laughs> that's not bra- Again, I, I, I never say shit like that to be bragging. It's more like I was really psyching myself up for this shit and thinking this is going to be a thing. And I, I then I'm questioning myself. I'm trying to question 10, 15-year-old self and going, what the fuck was your problem? You just fucking kill him on the thing. I don't understand. Where you where did you fuck up at? What, what were you doing wrong? I guess, I guess you got good eventually. I think that I was trying to do something like grab them and maneuver them back into the circle. I don't know. I remember just either hours or days getting super fucking frustrated with that thing and no, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, I remember I'm, nothing about the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's got its story elements, but even that, there's a lot of. Uh, it's hard to describe the 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 take of God of War. It's it's the content inside is super serious, except for the times when they obviously make little pokes and jokes and jabs at things, but the gameplay itself. And the enemy movement and the it's it's not an arcadey feel. It feels like a not it's a, it's a seriously not serious game. I mean, it's got a good story. It has a very tragic story mm-hmm. all the way through. 
uh, Kratos is not somebody to fuck with as well because he is, he's, he's powerful. He has all this shit going against him. There's almost a little bit of backstabbing. Who did what? What's going on? Shit going on. But the gameplay itself and the game is just, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of colorful-ish, not whimsical, but over-fantastical, I guess you'd say. Uh, so I played God of War 1, ran through it. I'm currently playing God of War 2, uh, and I'm, it's having a lot of moments in this, in this game where, and again, I hate to use, I I bring this up all the time, folks. I will always use Dark Souls as a, as a, uh, a reference material for action. Mm -hmm. And most of the time in Dark Souls, I've played enough Dark Souls to know that there are times that can fuck you over, but the controls and the combat in Dark Souls is so fucking crisp. It's so spot on. Where when you die, you can 90, 95% of the time go, yeah, that was me. I was being too greedy. Yeah, I didn't roll properly. Yeah, I didn't use my shield right. Yeah, I should have been using these attacks and not these attacks. Mm. God of War and God of War 2, mainly God of War 2 so far, has had many moments where you're like, come on, man. Come on. How the fuck did he track me from, like, behind and then, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) But, again, I've been there, done that. I've already beat this game. I I could pop in codes for this game if I wanted to. I'd actually thought about doing that, but I'm just playing through it. It, no matter what, I just I'm really wanting to play the first two just to refresh. When I get to God of War three, that's when I'll pay sh- more sh- strict attention. Like I'm not I'm not not paying attention to the first two, but I I'll treat three with more analytical. Uh, maybe I'll take notes on it. Who knows? Yeah. But as far as gameplay goes, as far as anything else in life, I, I, I did this big fucking test thing, passed out the way, and I beat God of War 1, and I'm playing God of War 2. And that's pretty much pretty much it for my... Oh, I did... Uh, I think I may have mentioned this. No, I think I mentioned this in the D&D thing, but I made, a, I made a promise to myself that if I did pass this test, no matter what score I made, I was going to buy Monster Hunter 4 for the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. And I came home today with Monster Hunter 4. So <laughs> once I get through um, God of War 2 and 3, depending on what else is on my plate, uh, until God of War comes out, I may go ahead and start that up and start uh, playing through it. That may be a bad thing because from what I'm seeing and from what I understand from Monster Hunter, that's not a fucking 20-hour or 30-hour game. <laughs> Yeah. And I'd hate to get, you know, 40, 50 hours in that game ago. I mean, when God of War shows up, folks, I'm jumping I'm jumping into that bad boy. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what time plays out. Hell, I may go back to Persona 5 finally. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do know that up until until God of War comes out and until I beat that and is satisfied and push it away, I really don't know what I'll be playing. Maybe Monster Hunter, maybe not. But that's it for my week. Uh, aside from the two things I know we're going to collectively talk about. What about your week? Uh, pretty much the same as for, uh, as far as, uh, mostly Persona 5 and D&D. Uh, the other one I have to talk about kind of fits in between. So, okay. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it until after we talk about D&D. Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. If I guess there's nothing else <laughs> on the table, I'm looking around at our other, nope, nobody else, nothing. Oh, shit. Uh, let's start with. Uh, what 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 you want to do first? Persona Five or D and D? Uh, 
Let's go with Persona 5. Yeah, let's go ahead and get Persona 5 since we have both... Uh, yeah, so uh, key Persona 5 music now. Well, I can finally say that we have both beat Persona 5. So what you I'll think? Start mine at. Well, I will say this. It it did wrap the story up very well. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on, Michael. Get your shit straight. Uh, spoilers for Persona 5, folks. You're talking to two people as of this recording that have played Persona 5 through multiple hours and have both completed it, one of which is even going through a new game plus. So I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to hear feedback from the audience if at this time, if anybody would like us to do like a spoiler-free review. Uh, I think Chris and I have done a little bit of spoiler-free talk already to try to push people into it. But yeah, spoiler talk today, folks. Uh, I just beat the game and Chris has already beat it, so it's time to finish out our talks. Um... What do I feel? What do I feel? Well, okay. Uh, and also, my wife is in here. and She hasn't played it yet, but she has her headphones on. So cool. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> anything for her. It's, that doesn't mean really much. She has a bad. She had a bad habit of watching me play. Mm-hmm. So she may have seen some of the inning anyway. But anyway, anyway. Um, so I forget where I last left off when uh, we were talking were on the last. Ship. I was on the ship. Okay, so I finished that one out. And that was, it had some moments in it, uh, most notably the uh, Akechi thing finally uh, coming all the way around. And uh, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool how they kind of made it sort of ambiguous at the end, whether he, you know, was kind of going to come to the dark side. I mean, come to the light side, but then it, it didn't matter because he ended up dying. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. So kind of hard to. Go ahead. I can finally tell you what the spoiler was that I got. It was, it said when, or it's like after Akechi gets shot. And I got that way early. Oh, no. I was like, what? He gets shot. And that's why I was like, there's no way he can be a bad guy because he gets shot by someone who who shot him, you know? And yeah, yeah, so that's why I was like, no, there's no way it's him. Oh, no. Man. Uh, I wish I think uh, he actually talked about this before as well. I hate to talk about for for somebody else, but uh, Adam went through something like this. I was actually present when that happened. We were a year or so ago. We were at work talking about Metal Gear Solid Five. Which have you have you played Metal Gear Solid Five? No, I've never really been a huge. I mean, I I appreciate the games, but it's never been one of the game series I care about overall. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. Well, I'm not going to spoil it either for what he had, just in case, but he, we were talking about it, and he went to go look something up. He was looking up, we were trying to, good God, trying to make any connections in Metal Gear Solid universes a fucking challenge as it is. <laughs> so I was like, hey, well, I, wonder how, I wonder how this, what they meant by something to do with this character and that character. He was like, oh yeah, let me go look this up, because I, I, I think it's this, but I'm going to go check this. And as he's reading, he just stops and goes... Well, fuck me. What's up? He goes, I just had the entire fucking game spoiled for me. The whole ending, the whole everything about this game just got fucking wrapped up in three sentences. I was like, 
No, there's a lot of shit in Metal Gear Solid 5, man. He goes, trust me, I just had the entire game spoiled. I'm like, there's no fucking way. That's... And me and I think him and I both were kind of playing it around around the same time. Kind of like I mean you were doing Persona 5. We were kind of yeah. playing it together and we were very close in where we were. And I want to say at that time we were only like maybe quote unquote a third through Metal Gear Solid 5. And yeah, he had the whole entire thing spoiled. So he was like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to fucking spoil it for you. Just know that when you beat it, come back and talk to me. And I'm going to tell you what I found out. And then I beat the game and I went and talked to him. He was, he was like, yeah, it was this, 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 three sentences. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, yeah, the whole fucking game got spoiled. I was like, Man, that sucks. What uh, What were you reading that that dropped that bomb for you? Um, God, I don't even remember now. It, it was probably something related to a confidant or something like that, maybe. Yeah. It was something very specific. I was, you know what? It wasn't even that. I think I was looking at room decorations or something like that. <laughs> and I didn't, oh. it wasn't even on the page. It was in the little Google search preview thing. Yeah. So I didn't even like go to the, or I think I went to the page and it was like, bam, right at the top. I'm like, this has nothing to do with the furniture in the room that is horrible and this is topical as well i swear we're gonna get back to persona 5 folks but this is our podcast let's talk about what we want to talk about we want to talk about it. uh have you ever heard the phrase going internet black or internet dark yes yeah i'm up i'm chris i'm on the verge i'm on the fucking line two big things are about to happen uh next month one is god of war comes out and two uh, which I already have tickets for, woohoo! Because I'm a fucking nerd. Hell yeah! Uh, Infinity War of uh, Avengers: Infinity War comes out. The day that I was able to go purchase my tickets, like I got a uh, like an email from Fandango, hey, you can start buying tickets now. That day, I just randomly looking at random fucking things in my Facebook uh, news feed. I had two separate things spoiled. Not huge, okay, okay, not huge, but they like there was a screenshot of something that was not even a new, in a new trailer, and I saw a character doing something. I was like, oh well, well, I fucking know that that can happen now. And then I was scroll down, scroll down. I'm going through, you know, fucking people talking about birthday parties and you know, uh, just fucking life shit. And then I saw a spread with all their new costumes, like everybody, like I saw a roster of people. And all of them are new costumes and looks. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Fucking internet. Uh, off, off, off. Close the fucking screen. Lock the fucking phone away. Jesus. And I've had three separate things spoiled for me on the new God of War. These things are not even out yet. Oh. I know. Uh, well, God of War, there, there are a lot of pre-release copies that are going out to okay. news publications, websites. Like, I'm sure Giant Bomb has it. Uh, ben from Easy Ally has got to play it. I don't know if he played all of it. He maybe played like three hours, I think is what he mm-hmm. said. But, and he, none of those two spoiled it. This was, again, just fucking random news things that I saw. And I'm looking at things and just seeing stories and pictures and movie clips. And I'm just getting spoiled. So I'm, I'm on the verge of just going, all right, look, if y'all want to get a hold of me, you got fucking... Uh, my phone number. That's it. Because you're, I'm, I'm getting off the internet. This, th- th- we are close. We are less than a month away, and I'm getting people are they just can't fucking control themselves. 
I know that we're up to, what are we up to now, Chris? The 27th trailer of the Avengers Infinity War? <laughs> no, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either, but I know I've seen two, and I have stopped at two. I just saw a news article uh, yesterday for the newest trailer out, uh, and I said, no, I don't want to watch that. I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm really, really good. I know how trailer people do, uh, and even, I mean, unfortunately, Marvel, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not not guilty of that. You as well put out several trailers, and even though you add one or two more scenes, I know you. I know you want to put that cool hook in there, but <laughs> I didn't need that. I got the cool hook on the first trailer. Fuck you. I've had the I've had the cool hook for Infinity War years ago, years and years ago. So. But yeah, and and it, it just like what you said with Persona Five, and the same thing for fucking Adam getting Metal Gear Solid Five. It's like you you have to be you have to be your own fucking detective, and be able to read above what you're reading and be like, all right, am I? Is there spoilers in here? Is somebody gonna be a fucking asshole and just put something in there? Sometimes they're harmless. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's just people going, hey. Fucking Akechi died. Woo! And you're like, wow. What? I know that that was a very cool moment for you, and then it, and it, it impacted you. But fuck you. Yeah. But I, back I'm, on top. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that very much on Facebook. I think most of the people on my list have the same. You know, I don't want to be spoiled attitude. Yeah. Most of my spoilers come from, like, if whatever news publications or magazines or whatever it's 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 like third removed like my friends don't come to me and say hey here's something that happened it's a fucking hey here's the newest hottest news on infinity war and it's a picture of something and you're like oh oh, whoa no i know even if it's not a major spoiler i've seen enough I want I want in my head Infinity War to be like two and a half hours and I want to walk in there and only have seen the shit from the trailers. So we're talking maybe five minutes. I don't want like 20 minutes of that movie already gone for many reasons. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to already see the cool shit. You don't. Uh, what, what was what was the movie? Uh, Age of Ultron. Okay, I didn't want to see the Hulkbuster armor, but I get why they did it. Hey, the fucking Hulkbuster's arm, armor's in here. Hey, cool. You got the hook in. You got people going, what the fuck is that? Or you had people going, oh, they get the Hulkbuster armor in. But not only that, you don't want to see that cool shit. You don't want to see a scene and either intentionally or unintentionally have it burn in your head to where you're waiting for it. Yeah. So when you see people walking into that that house, you're like, oh, yeah, this is where Tony says this thing to that person. And, you know, uh, yep, there it is. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I already know what's going to happen now. So, <sighs> Spoilers. This this is the first <laughs> world problem right here. People fucking ruining our fun. Yep. Persona 5. Playing yep. through it. I get through the tanker area. Fairly nondescript area. New monsters. I'm already... I'm not really plowing through. Well, yeah, actually I was. I was plowing through the enemies. No problem. I, I think that was that was probably the sixth palace, maybe. So at that point, you're well acquainted with battle. As long as you have a, a fairly well-rounded and leveled party, you're, you're fine with combat. Uh, boss was, it was as nondescript. I think it was like a, a rush of different people. I, I forget. The Akechi yeah. thing. The Akechi thing rounding out was pretty cool. Uh, 
fucking voice actor. Yeah, he's good shit. Um, and then there was kind of a weird lull period between that and the last area. Like, none of my confidants would come out and play, and I think I only had a couple days to mess with anyway, so it was very fast-forward, fast-forward. Uh, was still on Razor's Edge about the uh, about mementos because I wanted to make sure I had done everything, and yeah. I had done everything. I fucking better have 250 hours. I mean, did you get the trophy? I don't. I may have. I may have, bro. I'd have to go look. Yeah, there's a trophy um, for doing all the requests. Gotcha. Uh, I may not have done all the requests because I think there are, there are ancillary people, like even people that are not your uh, confidants. Not even your confidants. Yeah, it's just people you can help out and they give you things. I, I I'd have to go look. I've done several requests in there. The but only the, the only ones that you can really miss are if you don't read one of uh, Mishima's text messages because mm-hmm. he'll only mention it once and you it unlocks when you read the message even if it's you know a later day but if it you know scrolls off your phone in the past history you completely miss it damn i may i may have gotten it all on what i was mainly concerned with is was i at the place in mementos that i needed to be when the in-game memento shit kicked off mm-hmm. and i was uh, and I knew I was whenever, one, I went back to Mementos to go... I was just really fucking around. Uh, oh, one thing on Mementos. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I got this... If I remember this right, because I might have just fucked it up. The, I thought you were saying that you... That I should go talk to the girl that was standing outside of the Velvet Room in Mementos. Is that correct? In Mementos, yes. Okay, when I went to talk to her, I got no dialogue. And the only time I could get anything from her is when I tried to go into the Velvet Room, which she just says the generic stuff. Hey, you want to go in here and fuck hmm. off? And that was it. Which means two things. Either one, you did something in that game that I didn't do. Or two, I might, I may have already had done that and just completely forgot what was said or done. Uh, well, there is so. also a trophy for that as well. Um, let me look real quick. Uh, while you're talking and I'll see if it's actually a new game plus only thing yeah the only thing that I specifically remember about those two girls aside from the ending which that was that that's coming up in a second but I did all of their confidant I maxed out their confidant level but I don't remember I don't remember anything happening with me Uh, I I, either I don't remember talking to them or, I mean I, either I don't remember what they said when I talked to them or it just it just wasn't working no my bad it is only a new game plus okay I'll just keep it in mind sometime in the future I'll, I'll check it out but uh, so yeah I, I realized that I was where I needed to be in Mementos when one you told me that you educated me on Mementos being that the only way that you unlock the next level is if you is once you clear a palace right well, once I had cleared the boat palace, uh, a couple days went by, uh, nothing new got unlocked. I went down to Mementos, and I was at the bottom level, and it was like, yeah, we can't we can't get past this door. And I'm like, all right, well, obviously, I can't go any further. And then when the Mementos of the actual story kicked in, and I wound up in Mementos, I was like, well, I'll just go down to the bottom level. And I went all the way down to the bottom level. They're like, this is the final door. Let's go. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I did do everything. Cool. Yeah. And the mementos. Go ahead. It may not unlock as soon as you finish the palace, but like when the character's dialogue 
the follow-up result is done. Yeah. Yeah. I'll check it out. Um, so, went down to Mementos, was going through that area, uh, fairly, fairly nondescript. Uh, uh the puzzle stuff was pretty cool, the stepping on the, the lit up things. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt that was kind of gimmicky compared to what the other palaces had. I, and, but, but as far as Mementos goes, that was more flavor than Mementos gave you. Cause Mementos yeah. was usually a lot of the same. It's random generated. You're going to have probably, you know, four treasure chests. I mean, uh, four things to pick up. You're going to have around about six to eight enemies. You find the next level down, you go. That's Rhett's repetition for like 60 fucking floors. I don't know. But the puzzle stuff did break up the monotony of mementos. And then the, so the whole time as I'm going through all this, the, the Akechi thing and the, and the casino thing, all that shit got answered. But I was now my cure, my had two main curiosities. One, what is up with, uh, uh, God, man, uh, Morgana? What's, mm-hmm. what's up with her and Mementos? I want that finished out. Is she human? Is she not human? What's going on? And two, what the fuck is up with the Velvet Room? So I make it all the way down here. The stuff with Mementos kicks off, mm-hmm. and then you find the fucking, the Holy Grail, and it's like, I am the culmination, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, abnormality god complex being thing is controlling and then memento sprouts out shit in the real world and I was like okay that's pretty cool hmm. uh, and then you go fight <laughs> the, 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 all the all the people raise their hands and take our power Goku <laughs> and, and your your spirit bomb meter grows and you can yep. see you can see your spirit meter grow and Joker says, give me your power, everyone. And you fight uh, the last boss. Took it, it was designed to and it did take me a little while to get through because all there's the arms. You gotta, you gotta stop what you're doing and take the arms out. Yeah. Almost had an oh shit moment when he brought all four fucking arms mm-hmm. back out. And I was like, oh fuck no. But I had, man, at that point, this was one of the first, one of the few times in my life to where my item hoarding paid off because <laughs> I had, now mind you, we're not talking Final Fantasy numbers. I didn't have like 37 potions that restored all mana, I mean, all SP, all HP, everything. I had like four, but yeah. guess what? I used all four of them and they all paid off. I did the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I went to my item inventory and I said, okay, just in case I need to save SP and manage SP better, I'm gonna use these items. And then when my SP started to have problems, I had large, I had uh, a few refill all of your SP meter. I'm like, man, this game's over. This is literally just a matter of time now because this guy cannot beat me. Uh, beat the boss. Now this is where it actually got interesting, and I was like, okay, because honestly, up to this point, I was like, all right, average. This is going okay. This is kind of going the catchy thing. I'm still kind of whatever about uh, the the memento stuff is kind of paying off. The shit, the, the Igor was bad the whole time, and then I found out after the fact that hey, Chris, guess what? Igor's been in all kind of velvet rooms and all kind of Persona games. Go figure. Uh, I didn't know that. 
So I would imagine people that have played other personas have heard him talk, but he's had his original Igor voice. You, I hadn't played other personas, so when he was like, Welcome to the Velvet Room, I wasn't the guy that's like, That's not his voice! I was just like, Dude, his voice is pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, Igor was tainted, and the girls were s- split in twain, and Morgana was created to go help. All that tied up pretty mm-hmm. well. It tied up in a nice bow. Uh, Morgana passing away, I was like, Oh man, that man yeah it doesn't have to be that way that sucks no. i really i really wish that either i wish he was a real boy or maybe he'd get a wish and become a real boy but no he quote unquote died and you leave out of the area and your ass gets arrested i was like you fucking game you, game you are so real right now <laughs> you are so fucking real life but she, she uh Sai puts it to you in common sense she's like look Yes, you saved the world. This is how fucking silly, but real-world thought process went into it. You know, yes, you just saved the world. Yes, the Phantom Phantom Thieves just solved all this problem and made all this stuff go away. But you're still Phantom Thieves, and they're going to arrest you. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, no, we're not kidding you. So, you can be the bro... And you can get arrested and take the rap for your friends, or you cannot, and you're all gonna get fucked. Of course, I took the fucking thing. Number one, I oh also backing up a little bit. Of course, I didn't take Igor's deal. Mm-hmm. I've heard that that was a way that you get a bad ending. Yes. Yeah, that's supposed to be. That's one of the ways you get a bad ending. And uh, I, I I did actually have that spoiled ahead of time. Not okay. Not directly. Uh, I knew I knew as much in a cloudy mind thought process that something was going to happen and somebody was going to make you take it or ask you to take a deal. And if you took the deal, you get a bad ending. If you don't take the deal, it would be a good ending. I didn't know it was Igor and I didn't know what the deal was. Okay. So I had, unfortunately, as I was going up toward this whole end game uh, area, I was thinking, okay, I just, I'm, there's going to be somebody's going to fucking shoot me a good deal. A really good fucking deal, and I need it. I just, I guess I shouldn't take it. And then when the deal was proposed to me by Igor, the evil Igor, I was like, fuck you, I'm not taking that deal. That deal's stupid. And I thought, wait a minute, who the fuck would take that deal? Who who played this game all the way through with all this shit and said, yeah, yeah, I like your deal, Igor. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of, kind of out the window for me. I did not get to see that bad ending. But, so yeah, Sai stops you and says, hey, good job, but you're going to get arrested. Do you want to take the whole, the fault for the team? Of course I'm going to take the fault mm-hmm. for the team. I'm the leader. I'm Joker. Of course I'm going to do that. Couple cool things about that. I like how, uh, actually, sidestep. I, this is something else that I do like about Persona 5. Joker is a silent character, Chris. But he's also not a silent character. Yeah, he's a he's a silent protagonist, but he's actually kind of not. He has a lot of dialogue in the game. He has a lot of battle dialogue. I mean, he speaks for himself. He says mm-hmm. shit in the game like, "Hey, maybe I should save today," or "Hey, what's this?" or "Oh man, I need to hide behind the shadows," or, or shit like that. So, I this is actually a nice hybrid for a silent protagonist. You know, in my opinion. Yeah, 
uh, cutscenes. He has a voice. Yeah, he has a Chris. Uh, I will, I will give you something if you can tell me his character's name. Like Skull is Ryuji. Uh, uh, you know what I mean. Oh. Well, Joker. His character has a yeah. His character uh, has a name. I struggle to remember the other ones that they actually use. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's uh, so. There's uh, Ryuji has a last name. I don't. I forgot his last name. But Ryuji has a persona. Has a uh, a mask, which makes his character a name, which they call Skull. Mm-hmm. And his persona is Captain Kid. There's like three things to remember for every person. Yeah. And it's, God, wow, it's a lot to remember. <laughs> but yes, your silent protagonist main character has an actual name, but I don't remember it. I think they say it like maybe four or five times in the game. But going back to the ending, a couple cool things I liked about the way they handled this little bit of the area. One, I liked, I mean, I it, it was kind of like, man, not choking up so much more like, man, and much respect for you. I like how he took the deal. And Sai was like, I mean, I can take you in right now. And he's like, no, give me a day. Give me a couple days to go fucking say my piece. And she's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'm going to come arrest you. Or you can just turn yourself in in a couple days. I, I know you're, you're going to turn yourself in. I trust you. I like how they let you go around and talk to everybody. But they made the character not say that shit. Like... So it was, I mean, in a quote unquote, an asshole move, you were basically going to all your friends and being like, hey, we did a cool thing, right? Yeah, we had some fun times, but not telling them, oh, by the way, I'm going to jail in a couple days. So you really had another day or two to uh, maybe even a day. I forget how long it was, but you had time with all your friends to have a last little, a little hoorah. It drove it drove home the idea that, dude, you're probably fixing to go to jail. They kind of, they actually kind of left that ambiguous too, because Sai kept saying, you, 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 you may go to jail. You're probably gonna go. But they left it. Uh, they left enough room where I was thinking maybe something will happen. You know, maybe if you max out all of your confidants, they'll have another fucking Goku moment. Everybody mm-hmm. will storm into the courtroom and go, please don't arrest them. They saved the world. <laughs> Which technically, Chris, if we're really talking about it, if we're really getting down to it, the fact that everybody was against the Phantom Thieves from the get-go or, or, or toward the end and had this whole negative idea, but then they all gave their power to him. Why the fuck would anybody arrest the Phantom Thieves? Yeah. Like, we just saved the world, folks. <laughs> but yeah, that whatever. make a whole lot of sense. You know, anime, anime shit, I get it. He... Again, I respect the call that they made to where, yeah, we're just reminding you that this is, we're trying to play like real life. There's, they, they still want to, they still want to put this fucking pence on somebody, and they're gonna pin it on the fan of these, and they're gonna arrest them for whatever. I was like, okay, okay, cool. And then they let you hang out with friends, and you drove it home. Second cool thing, you got to hang out one last time, one night with your romantic interest. Mm-hmm. That was fucking deep, because if you're again, only dating one person. yeah. If you're only dating one person, if again you didn't, you I think there maybe there may have been even options to tell your love interest that you were getting arrested, but I didn't do it, and it made I it so. Them. I was like, man, I was feeling the gravity of every single choice I made in conversation. I'm like, 
I am in real life going, man, this fucking sucks. Like, I'm having a good time and we're sharing a moment, but they, she doesn't know that this is our last moment for, for who knows for how long. But I'm fixing to leave. I'm turning myself in and bye-bye. And then you go to jail and then a month goes by. <laughs> you, yeah. The fucking calendar just flips and I was like, oh, so, okay. Like, I literally went to jail and I don't get to play myself in jail thought that'd be a cool little dlc bonus a little side quest like you fucking wind up in jail and there's somebody in the jailhouse has a palace and i don't know i would hope that people wouldn't fuck with you when you're in jail he was i think i think the 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 characters in persona 5 they're all high schoolers yeah. or teenagers except for like yusuke uh but yeah i i, I can't i you don't know if how bad of a life Joker has in jail in uh, Juvie Hall or wherever the fuck he goes. But what you do know is he comes home. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And then fucking Morgana walks in. I was like, you motherfucker. You? No. You, you little fucker, you. And, uh, yeah, and then some more time goes by in there. And then, again, the, just, again, the... This ending had not, it didn't, this is not Final Fantasy VI ending for me. I'll tell you that right now. It's not, it's not a broke my heart in two or made me backflip for an ending. But it had those moments that went, God, this is so fucking real. Because they were like, hey, uh, you get to go home now. It's, it's time to go home. And I'm like, really? I don't want him to go home. Mm-hmm. And then all your friends are like, yeah, we don't. We, like really subtle but obvious hints like we don't really want you to go home man stay and i was like yeah man just stay and uh 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 sojiro's like hey you know you gotta remember he has stuff to get home to he was only here as like a tenant for a while and his time's up so he's gonna go home and then they all meet you at the place and they're like you didn't think we were gonna let you go that easy and i was like he's gonna stay but no they rode off together I was like, oh, they're going to have adventures out there. Yay. And then the credits started playing. I was like, all right, game. Okay. You, okay. You, you wrapped it up. You, you did a good. You did a good. Again, I wasn't jumping for joy. I wasn't fucking, this is, I'm not going to post this shit to Facebook with a 20 paragraph like, this is the best ending ever. But in a anime slash video game reference way, they tied up all the bows. They, they ended everything very nicely. Uh, and I like the dips that they, they gave you. The, hey, congratulations, you did it. You're getting arrested. And then Morgana showing up, being like, oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, you're leaving. Oh, no. But all your friends are going with you. Yay! So... Yeah, I was yeah. I was wondering about the Morgana thing because I was like, surely not. I mean, it yeah, makes sure. sense that she's gone. Yes, because Mementos is gone. But, it, and I said she, it's actually he. Um, yeah. Is he going to come back as a human? Yeah. Is that actually going to happen? And then the cat walks and I was like, okay. Came, came back as a man. Fair enough. Cat. Fair enough. I, and the freaking the text the the dialogue and text boxes for him it showed the actual cat instead of the zoro mask looking mm-hmm. you know anime style cat you know i didn't even realize that <laughs> yeah yeah i did cuz the, the 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 animation quality of the actual cat cat i was like ah, that's a little bit, yeah i don't know 
how to describe it. Not that great, <laughs> but all in all, in all uh, good fucking time with this game. I think I even gave it a, I either gave it a four or four point five. I don't remember what I gave this game. Uh, total, if I'm again, and if I'm being very generous, we're talking like two hundred fifty hours. It might have been closer to two sixty. I don't know, but either way long fucking time that I that I played this game a lot of time that I put into this game mm-hmm. and Rocky started at the beginning can't deny that won't deny that it's on fucking record I was I was wavy I was wavy for close to 50 fucking hours into this game but something about it kept kept me there which is something that not every game is, has done for me in the past. There are lots of times where I played a game and I've made it 10 hours in and went, yep, not doing it for me. Or made it 30 hours in and went, fuck it. I made it all the way through fucking Legend of Dragoon and stopped at the last disc, probably the last area, and said, fuck this game. Something about this game, the the style, the, the art, the music, the story progression, I don't know, a combination of things kept me, you know, just give it a little more. And I kept giving it a little more. Somewhere around the 50-something hour mark, I went, fuck yeah. I like it. Good. It's good. And then I was fucking doing cartwheels down the hallway talking about how good this game is. So Yeah, I, I still... I hate going in Memento still. It just got way too grindy for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm to the point where... I'm going to have to start grinding Mementos. Because one of the trophies is fill out your Persona book thing. So I'm going to have to suck it up and just spend like days down there going, okay, what do I need to unlock still? All right, what do I need to craft those? Let's go to Velvet Room, craft what I can. All right, I'm out of money. I don't have the personas, uh, you know, for the ones I need to summon. So let me go grind some more money and more personas. You know, what level are they on? I will say this for anybody that hears this. uh, This is going to be weird to say because we're in a spoiler talk and I don't think anybody not is going to listen to this hasn't played the game already but if you're somehow in this area of the talk even though he does say grindy area and I've said it before I spent a lot of time in mementos you actually the game is fairly good you don't even have to you don't have to grind down there you can go down there and just do your missions and leave but it is definitely designed to where you know what I got two and a half weeks to kill before the next thing I'll spend, you just got to do one, I'll spend one day in Mementos and you can trek up and down the last areas and yeah, you can grind the fuck out of gold and experience mm-hmm. points. It's a tool for you to use that way if you want to. But you can also grind in the palaces too if you want to. I mean, the, the enemies respawn whenever you leave the room or, or two rooms away. So, you know, you can you can grind. If you want to grind, you can. Uh but if you just progress through the areas and do what you're supposed to do, you'll have a you have a moderate amount of challenge. Uh, this is also speaking on the normal difficulty. Hard, who fucking knows? You may have yeah. to spend. You may have to do nothing but grinding. Who knows? Yeah, I I wasted so much time playing on hard at the beginning. You know, <laughs> after that it was just smooth sailing until you know the last area. Um, yeah, I'm currently 26 hours into New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 26 hours has gotten me to uh, October. No. Yeah, October. So I, I just hit October and I'm like, God, do I have enough time to finish maxing out everyone? But No shit. I have seven confidants maxed out at 10. Mm-hmm. I have eight left to go that aren't you know automatically given to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm making progress. 
and I don't even have the, uh, I just started talking to the kid, so I'm going to have to boost his. I've yeah. got a little bit of time to go, because I just finished uh, Futabas. Mm-hmm. That was the last mm-hmm. one I did. Um, By the way, speaking of Futaba, I think I didn't have a talk <laughs> okay. about her. So, I'm going to ask you a question, Chris. All right. Uh, before I get to the question, a little preface here. So, we both talked about who our romance interests were. Yeah. And mine was Futaba. And I remember you made you mentioned the comment, oh, you went for the jailbait. I took that as like a rib. as like, ha, 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 yeah, because she's so young, right? Chris, how old is Futaba? She is two years younger than oh, Joker would be, that, I think. That, even that doesn't sound good enough. I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere. I think it might have been in a review video. I, I binge watched like 20 different spoiler uh, reviews now that I've beaten the game. Mm-hmm. I think think someone either made a direct uh, analyze, analyzation, uh, a direct age, or they just made a joke that she was uh, 15. Uh, I don't know. I have not gone out of my way to look that up. You just kind of, kind of, kind of want to brush that underneath the table because I didn't know. Uh, I didn't go after Fortaba because she's a fucking fifty-year-old. <laughs> if she is, yeah, I just assumed that she was incredibly young, like uh, the same age as everybody else in that game, and she just did not go to high school because she was a shut-in. Right. So yeah, you jokingly said Jill Beta. That's not why I picked her. <laughs> the the wiki says fifteen to sixteen for her and sixteen to seventeen for Joker. All right. Well, so the fact that they're close in age is, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't even take age into into any accordance with any of them because I just assumed that they were all, if they were available to be a romance interest, it wouldn't have been even a fucking weird one from a game design perspective. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was just listening to a video, just fucking la la, my own world. I'm watching a YouTube video about Persona Five, <laughs> 15 years old. That's <laughs> what. <laughs> what? And then I heard you in my head going, ha, 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 you took the jail bait. And I was like, oh, wait, no, of course I didn't. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, she was my interest and I got to spend a night with her. And it was really both both cool and heartbreaking. Again, because you weren't telling them, hey, just so you know, I'm going to jail. Yeah. Chris, I've talked at length about my thoughts and opinions at the end of this. What did? Uh, what's your final thoughts and uh takeaways from Persona 5 so I like I've said I think Mementos got too grindy and Mm -hmm. that's mainly if you are grinding money if you're grinding personas if you're only doing the requests which that's all I'm doing in New Game Plus right now Mm -hmm. I'm just going and doing the request I've gone in twice that it didn't force me to do it and the first time I knocked out like five requests, the next time I knocked out six or something oh, like wow. that. So if you save them up, it doesn't force you to do them. So I only went in the least amount I had to, and I just right. knocked them all out at once. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple more I could technically have at this point, but I didn't have the confidant high enough yet. So I didn't get it. So mm-hmm. I've had no mementos grind, and it's been so great. Um, nice. The. The end of the game does seem to ramp up in difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were over-leveled at that point, so you may have not seen it as much as I did. But like I said, in that final Mementos area, 
in that long stretch between saves and when you first get there, mm-hmm. I died like three times. Yeah. And you have to go back to the very beginning because there's no save. Um, mm-hmm. I even got to the point where the last time I was doing it, I went a bit, triggered a bunch of cutscenes, and then ran all the way back to the save. Yeah. Because I knew up here, these enemies are going to kick my ass because they're going to mm-hmm. one shot me or they're going to. And one of the problems with it is that the enemies spawned behind you where you couldn't even see them. And so I kept getting surrounded because they technically ambushed me, even though I knew they were mm-hmm. there. Right, yeah. If I didn't that's... hit attack in time, they ambushed mm-hmm. me. So I was instantly yeah. getting these one-shot hits on me or all three of them, you know, hitting everybody, putting status effects on. Mm-hmm. It was a mess, and that's why I kept dying. Um, yeah, even even for me, I was like level 78-ish. And yeah, I was like, dude, there's some fucking heavy hitters in here. They're heavy hitting. It, they, they have a lot of fucking HP. I'm having to sort through. I think like half of them didn't even have weaknesses. So mm-hmm. it's just fucking do your best. Yeah. And the other half is they're throwing all kind of shit at you. Oh, man. This is oh, real quick. This is mm-hmm. the, the one thing that I hated in this game, though. It's you have ways to get around it. You have things you could do to not be that way. And you also have items and, and uh, uh, magic you can use to dispel it. But when you're, I want to say, I want to say either, I want to say crazy, not crazy, that's not the right word, but whatever status you have that makes you just do whatever, you're just fucking crazy. Confused. Confused. I swear to God, Chris, and this would always happen, this happened for a good, this happened for a good stint of times after I left Mementos with a fuck ton of money, they throw confused three of my party members would be confused every fucking one of them would throw money yep. and it's like I've got you know I'm thinking I'm fucking big baller here with like a hundred thousand gold <laughs> or a hundred thousand money and like Ryuji's confused Ryuji's turn Ugh! Ryuji just threw, threw away like 17,000 I'm like what the what the what Yeah. and then I thought okay it's okay I know how RPGs work. It's okay. They throw money out there like crazy. But when I win the match, I'll get all that money back. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) you do not. I watched one time while I did not have an item to cure it with. I'd used them all up. Mm -hmm. And the only person that was in my party, I forget which one of my people, had the ability to dispel that. I only had one person with that persona. Uh, it would be two because of Joker, but Joker was confused. Yep. So three fucking rounds go by until the confusion rolls out. Every fucking confused person, instead of hitting each other or instead of throwing <laughs> out an item or hitting the enemy and missing or trying to run, uh-huh. every one of them, three, 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 throughout money, money, money. <laughs> I literally lost like 70,000 fucking gold in that span of time. Like what? What? Can you guys do something else besides throw away the fucking money? Yeah. You're like, nah, here's, here's 9,000 gold. Here's, here's 16,000. I didn't here's care. Seven. I didn't care so much about the money, but when they threw out my beads, that, oh, you yeah. know, that was painful. And I actually had one where I was fighting a boss in the final Mementos dungeon. I don't remember what, where it was or what boss it was, but they confused Morgana. So Morgana full healed the boss because <laughs> it didn't matter how what the number was it wasn't a number based heal it was the spell that does heals party member to full yep and it was half dead over half dead when that happened mm-hmm. so it literally set me back like 20 minutes I'd been fighting it or something wow 
It was ridiculous. Yeah. Just to, again, this is a pro tip for people that aren't going to hear it because you, <laughs> if you haven't played the game, you won't be in the spoiler area. But good God, do not. This is a twofold. This is a twofold help for you folks. Do not overlook status ailment like blocks and items that will dispel them and also don't overlook them when you have the ability to use them because trust me you can use that shit and almost if if they can be slept example they will get slept i rarely saw my status ailment uh magics miss or not work if 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 somebody if i wanted to confuse an enemy they got confused if i wanted to cure something it got cured and that, I think an old RPG trope that I've always dealt with is, well, I, I why don't you ever use this stuff? Well, because it might miss. Mm-hmm. Persona 5, it predominantly works. Uh, bosses are hit or miss. It depend, It just depends on the boss. Mm-hmm. And there are actually some enemies in this game where, oh, man, I went through the entire laundry list of all my uh, spells and none of them work. There's no weakness. Hey, put an ailment on it because they are susceptible to ailments. Oh, yeah. Don't you overlook know, those things. I didn't things. even try those for weaknesses. Yeah? Yeah. I I experienced early on, and maybe that's because I started on hard, but they didn't do a whole lot of good. Um, yeah. I rarely hit them. Though later on, personas, especially for your allies, do get a lot of boosts to give them a better chance of landing it, so that helps mm-hmm. if you take that. I yeah. didn't use them, so I didn't take it. I took the stuff to boost you know, the power of their moves or the uh buffs and debuffs yeah uh, i remember many times uh mainly mementos sometimes in palaces too where like i would have you know you could you know how you can tell the enemy type you're about to fight because mm-hmm. of the color of what they are and i'd get a fucking red group and it'd be like six really hard hitting high hp holy fuck enemies mm-hmm. and i would get halfway through the fight and go i need to recoup I need to hold the fuck on, and I'd have somebody with a spell that would that would put everybody to sleep, and it would be like medium chance to put everybody to sleep. Pop that bitch, everybody went to sleep. <laughs> cool. I recoup HP, recoup whatever I need to do, get back in the battle. By the time I wake up, I'm good to go. And I'm like, God, man, if I was playing who knows what other RPG, they'd be like, yeah, you hit one person, and, yeah. and, then, and then as soon as they, as soon as their turn come up, they woke up anyway. Yeah. So I, I didn't, they, did a, they did a pretty good job of incorporating this in this game, from my experience anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things I probably should have used more than I did, but I'd rather just go out with damage or just stay back and heal. I didn't really do yeah. any in-the-middle, you know, uh, debuffs. I yeah. will say, as far as the enemies debuffing me, Joker, in my game, I did not finish with that SP item on, the SP accessory. Oh, really? I finished mm-hmm. with something that blocked... Uh, I want to say rage or something uh-huh. like that. Confusion. Yeah. One of the one of the ones that I kept getting screwed over by. I was like, you yeah. know what? I'll take this to SP. I'll use items. I don't care. I do not want Joker getting this effect on him. Yep. Yep. I and- spade. I spade. I paid. I spade Joker. Yep. <laughs> That's what I did. I paid very close attention to him once I... This was kind of early on-ish, but once I realized how fucking vital he was, mm-hmm. dude, I will let I'll let one to two other party members die. I don't give a fuck. My next turn up, I, if he has fifty 
and you have 53, he's getting healed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I'm taking care of him. And then, up, up, they died. Well, fucking sorry. I've had to bring you back to life. But yeah. I, he lives. I did not like that. I don't like yeah. having one character that just game o- game's over. Uh, especially yeah. with the, because there are AOE insta-kill moves. Mm-hmm. I got, I just yesterday I was working on the new game plus and I got screwed over because I got hit by an AOE uh, insta-kill. And this was on a boss. Mm-hmm. This is one of the uh, Mementos request bosses. Yeah. So I went in there. I was like, okay, I'll just knock all these out because they're weak. And the boss wasn't strong at all. But when he got to about 75% health, and went, okay, I'm going to hit you with AOE insta-kill curse move. And I'm like, yep. oh, I uh, didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. And fortunately, because it's the boss that lets you just restart the battle, because I hadn't saved for a while, because I was just burning through the levels, burning through the mm-hmm. requests to get to the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, all right. So I restarted the battle. Okay, okay. I'll just, you know, nail, uh, hope that doesn't happen again. Happened again. Oh, yeah. The first time, yeah. Joker was the only one that died from it. Uh, yeah. Someone else actually got hit by it, but they did the uh, one HP recovery thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that's called, where they bear the damage. Yeah. They don't yeah, actually yeah. go down. The second time, I had like three out of four people die. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. So I started the fight, instantly swapped Joker to, to the persona that blocks curse damage. Did not take it off the entire fight. Yep. I was like, I'm, yep. I'm done risking this. I'm done fighting this boss. I'll just deal with it. The curse, uh, uh, not the, the curse one wasn't, there was one that makes you, it's, it's like fear. Like you're like, you're shaking. I remember whenever it comes to you, it's like you're the, the person shaking or mm-hmm. something. Despair. And despair. Yeah. And then, yeah, they there's a group died. of enemies. Yeah. There's a group of enemies either. I want to say they were in mementos and they were the red flame type that, uh, you find uh, there would be five of these fucking, I want to say they look like Medusa's. And as soon as the, the fucking match starts, they would pop all... It just took one. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking AOE despair attack. All four of your party members despaired. Hey, guess what, Chris? Put your controller down. You can do nothing now. Yep. Because the shit doesn't fall off. It stays there for three turns. Normally, things fall off around three turns. I've noticed that. Yeah. But despair kills you on the third turn. So all four of my party members are despaired. I cannot control them. They just sit there and go, Ooh, and then three turns go by. The enemies attack me. Three, Another turn goes by. Enemy attacks me. Third time goes by. Oh, everybody dies one by one. Mm-hmm. Game over. And it's like you literally can do nothing. You might as well just fucking reset your PS4 because you're in for about four minutes worth of attack, attack, attack. Duh, can't move, can't move, can't move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, overall, the game... Like you said, it wrapped up everything nicely. I don't think there's anything that I was left curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my curiosities were things I just hadn't done, like with the confidants getting through their uh, personal stories. But I'm seeing that now on my new game plus because uh, I'm actually focusing on them. Um, the the ending, uh, like you said, it was you know very Dragon Ball Z-ish and they're giving you uh, are giving Joker their power uh, but it, it made sense you know with the cognition part of it uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they played a big part in society itself being either for you or against you, and then it played the, a big part in the end. So it was in your face the whole time. It just played a part mm-hmm. in the ending. Yeah, so question for you on near the ending. When that bar is filling up with your, you know, do you do the phantoms exist or whatever? Phantom thieves mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Did your bar get all the way to 100%? No, it didn't. No, mine didn't either. It was like 70-something, which I was like, yeah. okay, well, I guess that's enough. It's it's, it's doing its thing, but yeah. shouldn't that... Th- I was waiting for the actual anime thing to happen, like it to go to 100 and start to fucking shake, and then <laughs> the end cracks off, and it starts bleeding into the area, and it's yeah. like, oh, no! But uh, I was actually that wouldn't make any sense. Something. That didn't. That wouldn't make sense, Chris, because remember, they, they fucking cheered you on, and then somebody was in a fucking trial or whatever, and it got you thrown in jail, so... Mm-hmm. The people that you went to, the people in the courtroom, the people that were had you held you in handcuffs, they were all there going, Yep. Sorry, buddy, you gotta <laughs> you, you gotta go to jail. Yeah. So yeah, it was overall good experience. New game plus is so nice not having to worry about the uh, stats or even the dialogue. The game mm-hmm. is so long because of the dialogue primarily because of all the dialogue if you just let it play through at its natural rate mm-hmm. and uh, listen to the voiceovers mm-hmm. so fast if you don't oh yeah that is definitely a meat part of this game that mm-hmm. people can take away if, if you haven't heard from anybody else telling you about this game it's it may sound off-putting if you're not totally into a lot of dialogue and a lot of story but I'm telling you right now fleshed out is definitely a phrase to use with Persona 5. Yeah. All of your confidants get thoroughly fleshed out. If you want to talk about a mechanical level, they get 10 different times that you talk to them and you get to choose things for them and with them and you all you get expanded story on every character and there's no set length. You can go talk to somebody, hey, I'm going to go hang out with uh, Yusuke today and you get like 12 bubbles of, of dialogue. And then you go next week and you get like 42, but it's fleshed out and important and it means something and it's all of, and you, you're a part of them. You're, it's not just your party members mm-hmm. that you're all about. It's all these other people. Definitely fleshed out stories and characters all the way around. Yeah, I was surprised to have these confidants that were people that weren't in my party. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's one thing when we got to Futaba. And she was, you know, the navigator or whatever, which I thought mm-hmm. was a little okay. I'd rather yeah, have uh, actually had another party member. Apparently, that's another Persona 5. I mean, another Persona thing, Chris. That's what I've understood. Like, a Persona, you always have a supporting character. and I, But I felt the same way as you. It's like, yeah, but I'd, I'd rather I mean, there's Morgana before. Yeah, Morgana's but she was in your party. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there, there are a couple minor things that I didn't like about the game as far as, you know, uh, the overall length. I still think it's too long. I think they could have uh, compressed some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, there's another mechanic. I'm trying to think of what it was. It is really, really annoying. <laughs> yes, yeah, it 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 has a couple battle things in it, and even even maybe even some story things in it that are just like mm, can deal without. But 
as an entire package had a damn good time i it just it sucks for me and i blame it's completely me it's all on me i'll, I'll take the brunt of it that it took me so long to get that invested into it but once i did it's it's less and less like the fucking door got opened and i could and the light was just blurring blinding my face and more like i kept seeing this as a as a beautiful picture i kept seeing things it's like this something about this is cool and that's cool and that's nice and that's cool and then once whatever the fuck happened and it clicked i was like oh yeah this is yeah yeah it all makes sense <laughs> it all it, i got it tracking running with it full full speed yeah i did run into my first bug oh yeah did you experience any glitches or bugs when you're playing no there? glitches no bugs i found two grammatical errors in the entire game and that's mm -hmm. a lot yeah. I mean, that's not a lot. I'm saying that's there's a yeah. lot of fucking text and dialogue. And I found one was like a comma that was not used properly, and one was a misspelled word. And I was like, <laughs> still two for this much fucking yeah. text? Holy shit. Yeah, so I actually, this was when I was going through my, my, the, my mementos request clears. You know, I, I saved before going in. Or like when the day started or whatever, like I usually do. Went in, mm -hmm. was going through bosses, got, I think I, that was the run where I had either five or six to do. And I get like halfway to three quarters through the requests I have to work on, go into a boss fight and Joker appears on screen and then nothing else happens. Oh, wow. So the persona never summoned behind him, you know, as, like it does when you first go into combat. Uh-huh. Uh, the enemy may or may not have been there. The party members never showed up. None of the buttons did anything. So I actually had a hard quit out of the game and go wow. back in. So that was very frustrating. It lost me, I don't know, 20 minutes, if that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because these were <laughs> requests I was literally burning through on auto attack. Because mm -hmm. I saved them for so long. I was still in like the first two areas. Yeah. Uh, so they were super weak. But yeah, one bug not a huge deal and that's on my new game plus yeah so i went through the entire new uh, the entire base game without ever running anything like that uh, there so. were a couple times either through palaces or uh mementos where i would die to whatever enemy or enemies and have to back i'd have to fucking reload a save man that fucking what do you want to do bro you want to reload from the last save or sure go to the title screen i'm like God, no both of those are equally the fucking same thing come <laughs> on man yeah Thank God, most bosses, you can be like, you want to start to fight over? Yes, please. Thank mm -hmm. you. But most of the time when I died in Palace or Mementos and had to track back a ways, it was usually my fault. I would pass. There was a time where I, I fucking died in Mementos to something, and I had to run back through like 12 floors. Now, mind you, that's 12 floors of fighting every enemy because I'm grinding yep. and getting gold or whatever. That's picking up all the items, which now are different. So, who knows what cool things I blew out at. And as I'm passing through these floors, I'm like, there's a break floor. There's a break floor. There's a new area. I could have saved, could have saved, could have... Yeah, this is my mm -hmm. fault. Yeah. Now, it, I ain't got nobody else to blame but me. I could have saved, and I literally... I died of, of the room after a fucking break <laughs> room. So... Hey man, fucking RPG 101, bruh. Use your fucking save points yep. and use your save times when you're supposed to. Yeah, at the end of the day, folks, I loved it. Good game, had a good time with it. Would definitely recommend it. 
if I had to say anything about my experience, man, do not give up on this game. If you have, if you have any like or love for RPGs in any way, shape, or form, give this one a try. And again, as I told you, Chris, it's going to be very interesting for me from here on playing other RPGs because it's not just the it's not just the style that this game oozes from every fucking corner. It's it's the detail that they have they pay attention to for everything there there are ways the battle system is set up to help you and give you not even just help but just like fucking shortcuts and 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 just things to it's quality of life things that i'm gonna miss but yeah also the style and and the design and the Mm -hmm. way the battle system is set up and everything it's gonna be interesting now having played this and being not baby, but maybe spoiled, so to speak, yeah. with this game, with this game's RPG everything compared to what other RPGs have to offer. I did think the style was a little overboard at first, but yeah, it just kind of grew on me as time went by and didn't mind it as much. Um, yeah, I do think it's maybe still a little bit too much, you know, yeah. out there, but it fits. It's right up my alley, bro. I love it. Love everything about it. And uh, to this day, I'm still singing songs. No <laughs> shit, man. When I was when I was pacing around, anticipating those that last hour or two of my test today, mm-hmm. I noticed myself still humming something. I was humming the Battle Victory from Persona Five, and I was humming fucking Mementos music. And I've actually been doing this for a while. I've, I've, I have incorporated actual Persona music into my MP3 player, which I do for lots of games and whatnot. But this, the, the music is stuck with me. And a lot of style about this game is stuck with me. And it's your ringtone now. Oh yeah, I got some ringtones from my phones. <laughs> I got some text messages. Man, I told you I fucking love Ryuji's voice. I love, I love his enthusiasm. He's like Persona. I didn't realize this is how bad this is how bad it is for me, man. Being old and fucking dumb. I, as much as I've had Ryuji in my party, mm-hmm. which I, as my playthrough went, I did. I think I did a pretty good job of balancing out. I every time I would go into Mementos or go into a new palace, I would make sure to swap new people or swap a new combination of people, so I got a better feel for all of my people. But as many times as I had Ryuji in my party. I mis I mistook something he said. I always thought he said, and I it, it always confused me because it didn't make sense in in this type of game. But I thought he said one up persona. I thought he'd say one up persona. He doesn't. He say he say he says whoopum persona, <laughs> which that fits Ryuji. He yeah. says, whoopin' persona. And I'm like, oh. so when I was going through sound effects and, ha- and heard that part, I was like, oh, you're such a fucking dumb. <laughs> you're, you're so fucking one-up. Per- yeah, no fucking wonder it doesn't make sense, <laughs> dumbass. There's no fucking one-ups in the game. He says, whoop em. As corny as that sounds, that's fucking Ryuji all around. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. In persona music now. Let's move on to our next dual week topic for the week. <laughs> I, I want to make an apology to you, Chris. I'm gonna I'm gonna be better at this now. Uh, and I, I told you that I have not played as far as D and D goes. I played D and D. You could quote, you could lose quote marks say twice in my life. 
Okay. Played it one time in grade school for probably a month or so, maybe. This was grade school. This was back in, I don't even know what D&D version. Mm-hmm. This is grade school, probably fifth grade, who knows. And I was going to play it in high school, but we never got around to it. Uh, so that, I don't count that. And there was one time when I was being deployed, again, for around about a month period of time, and it just fell off. I was going to, I played it again. I could not tell you the character I made, the character name, alignment, what roles I had, what our, I couldn't even tell you what our fucking adventures were. That's how out of my mind D&D is. Mm-hmm. As such, I am going into this thing so fucking new, it's, it's, I, I feel bad. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, now that we had this other guy in our party that also seems fairly new, I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not the only one. But now that I don't have this test shit on my head anymore, I can now take some free time and go read up on my character, like classes and roles and what all these fucking numbers mean. Because I ain't gonna lie, bro. Right now, my character sheet, I'm looking at a bunch of fucking numbers. I yeah. I, I kind of got an idea how some of this shit works, but I'm like, I, pfft, wall of numbers. So uh, I'm gonna try to get better at learning my character and stuff, and hopefully, I won't be such a fucking fucking burden, but bro. You've been <laughs> you've been a good sport about you've been a really good sport about babying me through. I appreciate that. For those that haven't that aren't aware of what we're talking about, last episode Chris was talking about getting a D D campaign started, and we're going to work on that. And uh, I have gone through the length of making my own character, and I'm we are Sally Sally Forth doing this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we uh, I started out, and I think I mentioned last week that I had like eight people interested. Um, that ended up dropping down to five. <clears throat> But those five have now made characters. Yeah. Um, and we have two that may be interested in it. Um, haven't talked to either yet. So mm-hmm. I'm still waiting on that. And then we'll get their characters created if they're interested. But mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be uh, sending out a link today to start coordinating schedules. And try to get Dude. a time nailed down in a day for at least the next session. But it's... It's one of those things, and I talked about splitting up the group since we're down to five. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that anymore because it wouldn't make sense to just do a campaign with two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one's only three. And I think there's only really one person. Let me take a look at my list. Yeah. There's only one person on the, well, two people now with uh, Adam joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh which actually means we dropped down to four of our original eight that were interested. And Adam just popped yeah. in. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam and one other guy, they're the two that have actually have the history with it. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been the other way around with, you know, three newer players and then two more experienced. But I, I don't yeah. think it's necessary anymore. And after working through the character creation, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. our our newest guy might struggle a little bit, but it it's one of those things that once the character sheet is created and the basic how do you do what things are worked out, it all generally works the same, and you only have to worry about something else when you level up. Yeah, I already have it in my head that, and I'm I'm not talking from a fucking D, DM perspective, but. <laughs> 
being a fellow player, I already have it in my head that, man, once we do get the campaign started and we actually start playing, no matter how many nights a week it is, I'm giving myself, dude, no shit, like a solid fucking month of growing pains. Like, it, 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 it may not take that long. I may be completely overshooting it. Mm-hmm. But if a month from after playing, like, one to two nights a week, I can't fucking hear you say, hey, you should roll for this, and I can't roll my own thing and go, oh, <laughs> add this, add this, bam, bam, then then I got my, I've got a problem. I'm obviously retarded. Well, that's one of the things that's good about roll 20, is I go, okay, you need to roll a saving throw, saving throw. you go, okay, here's my saving throw box, which type am I rolling? Okay, it's strength? Okay, let me click on strength in the saving throw box, and it rolls it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It takes out so much of the trouble. And uh, you had mentioned when we were talking last, not on the podcast, but you actually started watching Critical Role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know how much of it you watched, but as it goes through, you'll notice they spend a lot of time on the roles. Yeah. Uh, Just for right now, I'm I'm actually in the process of getting all the episodes, period, so I can Mm -hmm. start, you know, watching all of them. Yeah. But I have watched the entire first episode, and I'm probably about maybe half an hour to an hour in the second. Okay. And yeah, I I am not expecting that until like a month from now. <laughs> Again, that may be completely overshooting it, but I'm expecting you know us to do be not even fucking a battle, just somewhere. And you're like, okay, we need to roll a perception check, and somebody goes, uh. helps that and well what is the what is it okay well this you know what i'm saying i i i I expect us all to be helping each other and not being i'm i'm giving all including myself the yeah just take a breath we're all new let's figure this shit out after a month of us repeatedly going through this shit for hours on end if i'm hopefully we should all have it down hopefully we should all be at that level yeah, like I said, with Roll20 in the mix, that makes it so much easier, so much faster. Um, yeah. And I was bringing on Critical Role for that reason. You know, they spend, and I'll, and this is on, <laughs> I'm up to watching certain segments in two times speed now. Oh, wow. Uh, I've yeah. gotten used to 1.5 now, so 1.5 is my standard. I don't even go yeah, 1.25 anymore. Yeah, I remember you telling me anymore. that, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can see what you mean, dude. There's in, in campaign one, there's like 115 episodes all around three hours. And I'm like, yep, I'm diving in. Here, here we go. Yeah, the playlist for campaign one has 141 videos. Um, yeah. I'm on video like 115, but it's actually episode 100 or something like that. Because they have a couple in between things. Yeah, um, you're way down in the hole, man. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and I'm, I enjoy it. But I need to get through this. Yeah. There's a lot still to watch. So I'm watching at two times speed whenever I can. Whenever it's not a fight. A fight I won't put up above 1.5. But when they're Mm -hmm. just hanging around town, shopping, uh, doing inconsequential stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, just party interaction basically. 2.0 it is. Can we we have like a really quick, just like, critical role talk? Sure. I don't know know if this is too old for you to remember. Because again, I've only seen the first episode. But I love how they play their characters. Uh, I don't think I've said it on the, of course I haven't said it on the podcast yet, but my initial take on this was, okay, so Chris's thing telling me is this is a bunch of people playing D&D over like, you know, it's a video, so you got a DM and they just, and I'm like, okay, well, God, 
God, this is going to sound so fucking mean, and I promise you it's not. But I was like, how nerdy are these people? <laughs> and I meant, I didn't mean nerdy as in, in a, a derogatory, evil, mean-spirited way. It's more like, are the I meant like rule-specific. <laughs> are these the kind of guys that sit around and go, all right, wait, let me pull out 17 fucking books and make sure, let me make sure the dice are correct and make sure, make sure this is correct. I, 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 actually, you can't do that because this rule, this is some, this is some pro-Jared shit that I'm pulling out here, but... I don't want to watch people that are so fucking anally serious about D&D. That would ruin it for me. That would so fucking ruin it. Like, I, 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 number one, I'm new. I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. But two, that takes away fun for me. I'm not trying to be super analytical. If I wanted to be that, and I think, again, I'm going to steal a quote from Pro Jared. If I wanted to be that critical about precision and numbers and following exact rules, I would go play a video game. Because a video game is D&D with specific rules. If you want to run for battle, the rules in this RPG say you will drop money. And that's I, I expect to do that. If I want to level, I have to do this specific... I, there are a lot of rules in video games. Freedom is what you get from D&D. And I want the freedom. So I loved... First thing, right off the bat, that I knew this is going to be a pretty good show. The one that made me go, the one that made me uncross my arms and not look down my nose <laughs> is when Matt Mercer said, he looked at the chat and he's like, uh, a rule before we even start this whole thing, this 102,000 episode thing, for everybody out there listening and watching and going to type shit in my chat, these are house rules. A lot of them are going to follow house rules so don't be an asshole i was like fuck yeah man awesome so that tells me that they're gonna play by the rules quote unquote but if shit comes around they go yeah it's a fucking game it's cool we'll roll with it and there was a time i forget what it was there was some kind of role that came up in episode one where he was like yeah yeah but it's okay what i tell you guys house rules don't be mean i was Mm -hmm. like yes bravo um and I and and also with them playing their characters, dude, they're 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 just they're Joe Blow people. I mean, they're actors. I'm not trying to discredit them, but they're just right. av- they're just fucking people in their clothes eating popcorn, playing D and D. And when it came time literally to talk, eating popcorn often, literally. And whenever it came time for them to talk, they 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 would talk in their character's voice. Sometimes, not always, but mainly mainly they would. And they would act out, but they would talk and joke and fucking have a good time and have fun. And I like that. They're not, they weren't super fucking hardcore into it, but they also weren't so lax that they were just throwing the fucking rule book out and be like, yeah, I'll just fucking, yeah, whatever. Good mix. Good mix. A lot of it, you know, starting out, they had, I think they were literally just making the transition from Pathfinder to 5e. Yeah. So it was a lot of growing pains for them. Um, early on and they do get uh, more by the book later on to where they're actually mm-hmm. going okay how does the book say this works and yeah. sure you know Matt will make a calling on it as the DM you know yeah. whether it's house related, related or not and going okay this is how we're going to do this this is the call I'm making on this um, something simple but you know is a big deal is okay well how do you round halves do you round up or yeah. round down and yeah. for a while, he had no rhyme or reason what he was doing. But then one episode, like 60 episodes in, he's like, we're rounding down for all damage moving forward. Because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, for both players and enemies. So it's a consistent rule. And it's something yeah. that should have been established early on. It really kind of blew my mind that it wasn't. 
yeah. um, considering how because they played for a couple of years prior to this even starting as a web series. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, we're gonna do that. And going through up to this point that I am in it, they don't often uh, like debate a rule. It's usually yeah. only when it is literally a character's life on the line. And that's that's what I meant. That's what I was getting at. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plug Pro Jared's videos. Chris, I encourage you to watch them as well if you haven't already. But for anybody out there looking to get in D&D, this is... Preface. This is totally coming from the mind of a guy that has not played D&D. Just might as well say I have not played. I've got some general ideas about D&D, and I've played some video game RPGs, but it's not the same. This is coming from somebody that's from an outside perspective, looking in and watching somebody who has played D&D often in their life and has DM'd. There's a YouTube channel out there called Pro Jared. Uh, he has a lot of video game videos. That's his primary thing that I know him from. But he also has a series called D&D December. Two videos that I su- highly suggest you watch for you and for everybody else. One, how to be a good player in D&D. And it's not like how to be the best player. It's just how mm-hmm. to be a, 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 a cool person. How to be a cool dude when you play the game. The other one is how to be a good, how to be a good DM. And there's two takeaways that I got from both of those videos being a player play your character stop trying to play the rules Mm -hmm. which is what i that's like thank you that's what i'm looking for i don't want to be in a fucking room with a bunch of guys for four fucking hours being almost getting ready to punch each other because no this rule specifically says on page two if you reference article five of the warrior handbook subsect talks references this that he cannot pick up that chair that's i'm telling you chris i would leave this fucking game in a heartbeat i know you're not going to be that way i'm just saying that's not the shit that i want but the bigger thing which doesn't apply to me applies maybe more for you for the dm take it as you will is again don't be a fucking rule hog D&D is about adventure. It's about being cooperative. It's about having fun. And if you bog everything down with rules in a game where you're supposed to be thinking and being out, think outside of your box and play as your character, you just don't, don't tell everybody no. If somebody wants to do something, go yes. You can check them with a roll, you know? Somebody walks into a bar and says, oh, I'm a barbarian. I want to fight people. I just I pick the strongest guy and I pick up the barmaid and throw him. Well, no, you, you couldn't do that. No, just say, sure, roll for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's the kind of DM I'm, I'm thinking you're going to be anyway. You don't, you do not seem like a fucking anally retentive rule hog. Yeah, so the biggest thing when it comes to rules that I care about is often on more of the technical side with equipment and whatnot because yeah. D&D is fairly balanced. It's when you start creating your own like items and whatnot that it gets imbalanced. Yeah. And yeah. even on Critical Role, this has come up now in their campaign because they're getting these super powerful items and some of them are items out of the book, some aren't. And the yeah. ones that aren't... <laughs> Even if, you know, that item in particular may not by itself be overpowered, mixing it with this other item that's an out-of-the-book item has now made it overpowered. 
Yeah. You know, are ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, all right. I, yep. He's like, I did that. Oops. You know, and he, he looks at the camera and goes, DMs, balance your items better. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, that, yeah that's, that's really where I care about. That's what I, that's what I've picked up again. I'm, I'm talking from episode one, but I, I like the idea where Matt's pretty much given the idea of yeah, we follow rules here, but we, we play we play loose a lot a lot of just if they want to like for example, spoiler warning for Critical Role. Whenever uh, they were in this initial city and they went to that manor and they talked to the butler and the butler was like, yeah, the dude you're looking for is down the mines, and the and the bard was like, I turn invisible and go in the house and everybody around him was like what are you doing he's like i don't know but i'm doing it (laughs) i like that you know he he might not have planned that he he might have had he might have planned for the whole party to be in there he he, as a dm picks he picks up shit on the fly Mm -hmm. and and that's just another thing that i picked up from pro jared like it's cool if you spent a day and a half making this camp making this like event and campaign happen but if your characters say they get bogged down with another thing and they talk to another NPC, just fucking make shit up on the fly. And let them go adventure. Don't go. No, you, actually, you guys can't leave the town because there's an invisible wall. You have mm-hmm. to come this way and talk to this NPC like I wanted you to. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually something that's not as, you know, uh, blatant. It, yeah. Like in the home campaign, uh, you know, I had a plan for the party and what they were doing, but they had to wait a little bit, you know, so mm-hmm. I was giving them opportunity to pass some time and instead of really walking around the city and doing stuff that occupied their time or just going, okay, we're going to hang out until it's time. They actually went, you know, to the mercenary hall. They're like, Hey, do you have any work? And they're like, yes, but we're also waiting for the same thing you are. So we don't really want to we need our resources available in yeah. case something comes up relating to this request. Um, so it's kind of reducing the avenues of going off the rails. It, um, later on in Critical Role, uh, Matt actually plays a. It's a one episode. It's a one shot with three random people. I say uh, one of them's part of the crew, and then I don't remember who the other two if they were actually part of the crew or uh, just other you know geek and sundry people uh-huh. but at least one of them had never played D&D mm-hmm. one played quite a bit and the other one was kind of in the middle and they didn't plan a campaign they had they didn't even have characters created at the start oh, of the episode wow. so they were creating characters with the help of uh, like four of the actual uh, critical role players Nice. While Matt was doing a uh, Dungeon Master Q&A type thing. Oh, nice. So while he did that for 20 minutes, they created characters and came up with their backstories. And then told like him. Like on the fly. Yeah. Wow. And told him, okay, this is my character, this is my character, and this is my character. He's like, all right. So uh, you guys are setting off. And he ran them through this whole, you know, one episode long one shot campaign just on the fly. Wow. And it was very interesting. I tell you, on 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 that note, Chris, my I do not envy you the work, brother. I I feel like that it would take me some time and a lot of experience to get where where it is. But the fact that you're taking on a DM role on your own, whoo, man, you got work. <laughs> yeah, I do. Again, it not not 
so let, let's talk about some things that a DM has to do, folks. Mm-hmm. He has to ensure that people have characters created accurately. He may not have to make the characters for them, but he has to make sure that what they're doing is following the rules. They don't just throw a paper at him and go, hey, I've got a fucking uh, warlock with 24 strength and 24 everything else. You know, he has to make sure this shit's working. He has to create a campaign so there's a huge overarching storyline of some degree that's going to last for days, hours, weeks on end. Uh, asterisk, they may not even follow everything that he's saying. He may have like a two-month plan out, but it may take seven months because, fuck, they went to this town and went to that place and did this, did that. So anything that he doesn't have scripted, they got to make up on the fly mm-hmm. and just, just fucking spin it out. And not only spin it out, this is something else Pro Jared talked about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug this guy after y'all watch it is that he has to add life to what they're doing. If we're walking down the street and he has guided us to go find Gerald Stormwind in this tavern, but our bard sees an old person on the side of the road that you mentioned and is like hurt or whatever, if we go talk to that person, he has to go, well, shit, uh, let me make up a name for this person. (laughs) Let me make up a quick background. Let me make up a reason why he was on the side of the road. Let me make up a life around him. Like that happens on the fly, and that may t- he may make a whole nother fucking scenario right there. It's like playing Witcher Three, but you have to make this shit up. <laughs> Which again is a good game. You should play that, Chris, because that happens in Witcher Three a lot. You can start one place, and you're like, okay, I am going to the forest to go find this griffin, and then on the way there, you get fucking kidnapped by bandits, which take you to some royal place. So they're like, hey, we were looking for you, Witcher. Looks like we're going to collect on this bounty. And the day of your execution, other witchers come and save your day. And they go, hey, we saved your life. You mind helping us on this quest? (laughs) That's what a DM has to go through at times. He can kind of guide people to where they want to go, but that's not... You don't always want to railroad people. Again, another pro Jared quote. You don't want to avoid the cutscene. If you have made something happen this way... Don't stop people. No, you're not. Don't do that. This is going to happen. No, if they want to fucking pull a bow out and shoot the noose that's going to kill this person, let them do it. So has to make characters, has to make a campaign, has to always be checking himself and checking the rules. He's got to keep a lot of shit secret to himself because you don't want to just you don't want everybody to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. because it would spoil everything. He has to look at the backgrounds of every character in the bio, and, and and if he's cool and good, he will try to incorporate that shit into the world and campaign in some way, all while dictating the adventure as it happens and simultaneously breathing life into this story and making it entertaining, other than you go into cave, you see bat, warrior, swing your sword, roll your damage, you hit the bat, it's dead, you move forward, like, yeah. So, man, I, hats off to you, buddy. I, whew, got your work cut out for you. Yeah. I, I really like, and I hope we get to the point where, and I'm hoping we even start out at somewhat of this point <clears throat> with the backgrounds and whatnot, but with the like Critical Role crew, they got to the point where, sure, he had his overarching story, but the players themselves were actually making lists of stuff they had to do based on either you know, their personal goals, things they'd run into in the past, uh, Mm -hmm. the overarching story-related stuff. And they're like, all right, we have this, this, and this to do. Uh, Yeah. What do we want to do? So, but a lot of that was built around their background, 
and tied into the overarching thing. So it's like, okay. Nice. <clears throat> like Keyleth, she has her uh, druid journey she's on, you know, where she has to go to these three places, uh, not counting her homeland, and talk to each one. Well, they're spread across the world. So at the point of where they begin with the series, she had visited one already. So she also has two more. <clears throat> I think one of them happens fairly early on. Uh, and then the other one is like not too long before the part I'm at. So mm -hmm. there's like 80 episodes, but that's part of her personal stuff. Yeah. But those NPCs and those places are relevant to the overarching campaign. Mm -hmm. you know, there are points where they affect the greater world so it's you know taking okay what are the players wanting to do with their character tie it into this overarching story you know move on from there and that's why like you gave me like 18 paragraphs worth of backstory I'd come and on. I'm like okay come on. I could you know build a campaign around this <laughs> well <Just> alone <laughs> so this was my <laughs> Chris is poking fun at his big brother, folks. Let yeah. me tell you how this really went, okay? I didn't know that other players didn't see my bio. That's That probably, that's probably sounds common sense to all you D&D aficionados. I did not know that. So I made my character enough to where when somebody saw me, they knew a lot about me. Apparently, the only person that really needs to know a lot about you is the DM. Which is which that does make sense. You want the DM to know about you. That way, if they choose to, they can craft stuff around you. You don't have to craft shit around all my detail if you want to. I just gave you enough flesh of my character to where you have a good idea of what I'm what they're trying to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't mean to write a novel. I just, <laughs> I just it, it, it's actually since, and I'm not going to say who I've copied here for obvious reasons. That our 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 compatriots may be listening to this episode, but. I picked my character for a reason. I try to copycat a lot of things to this character because this is my first time. Well, I'm going to spoil a lot of it when, uh, I'm going to spoil what you copied when we talk about the next thing after D and D. Okay. Well, okay. Well, yeah, we'll have spoiler. <laughs> we'll have spoilers coming up. So for me, this is for the people that are going to be playing the campaign right now with us. So it's a very small spoiler thing. But I intentionally copycatted a lot of shit for this character just because I'm brand new. When I have gone past this campaign and know it, a, a good amount of shit about this game and what I'm doing, then I'll try to let my imagination flow and make some off-the-wall bullshit. Right now, I was like, oh, I just want to put something standard in. Uh, Copy-paste. Let's just make this character. So we'll 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 see how it turns out. I can tell you now, man. I'm I'm extremely extremely excited, especially, bro. On a real on a real life note, now that I don't have to fucking deal with this test shit anymore, <laughs> I can actually listen to what you're saying and make notes and go read stuff and mm -hmm. and and not be like, man, I'm gonna have to get to that. I have to get to that later. Now I can focus on it a little more. Uh, two other things, real quick, before I move on to what you wanted to talk about. Uh, th th a couple things about Critical Role when I was talking about what I want to talk about with them. Two of the funniest, coolest things that's already happened in this thing. I love it. I love how they roleplay their characters, which is what I want to do with my character. I want to roleplay my character. I want him to be what I'm doing, not, you know, a ranger doing what a ranger does. But, right. again, I don't know if you remember this or not. This is episode one. But when they went to that first tavern, 
And the guy that played the barbarian, I think his name was Grog. His name was character. Yes. So Grog, the fucking barbarian, walks in and goes, who's the strongest one in here? And I was like, that's exactly what a fucking barbarian would do. Mm-hmm. He even said in his character bio, oh, that remind me to ask you a question when I'm done fucking yelling about this. But okay. he talks about in his character, he's like, I'm he's known for causing for multiple brawls and bars. So when he walks in this tavern, all the other people are all the other party members are looking around, getting a feel for the audience, and he fucking stumbles in as who's the strongest one here? And they're like, That guy over there is like, I'll be back. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> play that character. And the other one, this is actually something I let my wife watch with me. Whenever they went to, uh, in that same town, they went to the mage's uh, house. Yeah, and they were trying so hard to get their persuasion rolls and shit, and it would not Mm -hmm. play out. And finally, the the, uh, rogue was like, good sir, listen, it's obvious that we are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. I implore you that we're lo- we're doing this for a good cause and trying to help. And yes, we are. We may be very dumb, <laughs> but we have good intentions. Mm-hmm. It's not only the funny moment that they made, but it that shows you how they, as characters, played their character. The roles just weren't in their favor. Even when he yeah. thought he made a good role, obviously the DM made a role that checked that and it said, no, I'm sorry, you didn't You didn't get to talk to him the way you wanted to be gone. Mm-hmm. So, so, that's what I like about D&D. I like how I can tell Chris, I'm going to try this thing. And Chris will go, yeah, sure, roll this dice, hope it works. And I roll and I go, yeah, I made an 18. And then you roll and I don't know what you roll, but you roll a 23. Sorry, man, that didn't work. It's not a, uh uh-uh, you can't do that because the subsection of, man, fuck you. I like like the role, that's what D&D is, it's role playing. It's how are you as a person thinking about what you're doing and what outside of the box, other than fucking swinging a sword, can you do? And I hope this will challenge my imagination and problem-solving skills and all that, more so than, hey, we went into a battle and I swung my sword around a lot and I killed things. You know? Yeah, I can't remember if it's covered in the handbook or not. I'd have to actually go back and look. But I know one thing that uh, Matt talks about is if they're in a conversation like that and they're constantly failing, the role they have to get will go up like five every time they fail. Yeah, yeah. So if they're persistent about it, it gets to the point where it's literally unachievable yeah. unless they roll a natural 20. And he... If you notice that he plays like that through the conversations, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, OK, you tried this time. Yeah, no, no, I'm about to leave. No, no, no. Here's this other thing. OK, well, now you got to roll something higher. And they're like, he's like, look, you've already tried. I don't have time for you. Peace out. And they try it again. And he's like, no, the answer is no. So yeah. and he role plays it that way. So it's not just a roll. No, roll. No, roll. No. OK, well, you can't do it. Move on. Uh, it's very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. You said you had a question um, as well. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you may have to, you may remember this, or you may have to go back and watch yourself. I don't know if they do it. Do they go through their character bios at the beginning of every episode? No. Okay. They just they actually the intro I posted on your wall at one point. Um, later on, that's all they show. Okay. Uh-huh. The the intro that I have seen for episode one and episode two. 
they're both they're both the same. They he they do their like one to two minute spiel for every character. They all talk mm-hmm. about their own character, what they are, well, what they their past life and all that. They give they give a character bio. But my question for you is the the video is blurred. I'm assuming they yeah. do that on purpose. Yeah, I'm assuming it was something that they wanted exclusive to an audience. Yeah, um, and okay. they never went back and changed it. Oh, or they I didn't think that intended that long term. Because uh, I believe they streamed it on Twitch initially, so it may have been something that the Twitch viewers got to see. Yeah, you know, to try to boost up their numbers. Because in the first, I don't know how many episodes they're you know constantly working on their subscribers and doing giveaways and stuff, and. It's like, all right, wow, we hit a thousand and they stopped plugging it at all. They still do giveaways at certain amounts. Yeah. But it stopped being like every, so I started out like every 10 and then every 50, mm-hmm. every hundred. It's now up to like every thousand mm-hmm. and they're up to like 36,000 subscribers. Yeah. In the episode I'm watching. And that's still, I think a year behind at that point. I see, I see this is, they, they are such a a uh entryway for anybody to even think about D&D because mm-hmm. again they're not they're not they're not larping so that's not going to throw a lot of people off right. they're not breaking out 20 books in front of you and going these are the pieces that you need to read to even understand what we're doing you pick up episode 1 you deal with the 10 15 minutes of them giving their audio narration and they're right into the game and it's just fucking people around a table bullshitting and adventuring and pretending and having fun love mm-hmm. it love it uh but yeah i what i thought was i i'm i'm my thought was like above that not in a in a arrogant way but I don't know how to say it elsewhere. I thought that the reason why they had the bios blurred was because they didn't want you to specifically see what their characters look like. They wanted you to use your imagination. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's actually pretty cool. But yeah, actually, your your way sounds more like probably what it was. It's something like rewards mm-hmm. for people, and they didn't go back and put it in. So just yeah. making sure it wasn't me and I didn't have something weird. Did you watch the intro I posted on your wall? Uh, I don't think I did. I think I used that as a reminder to go to go look at the video, to go look mm-hmm. up the channel, and I just went and searched the channel and started it. For one, I had to go through their playlists and find where to start, and I started with campaign one because yes. the first video that popped up when I clicked on Roll20 was campaign two, episode 30, whatever, and I was like, oh, there's, so there's uh-huh. campaign one. Well, let me go see what 20 episodes this is. Huh! how wrong i was <laughs> so there they have a fuck ton of other videos they have other campaign they have other campaigns they have a little mini campaigns little one-offs all kind of videos the one that i'm on right now is is uh just campaign one yeah that's what i'm still watching yeah 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 so what else about wonderful world of dungeons and dragons I mean, um, as the bios come in, which so far you're the only one that's really fleshed it out, mm-hmm. um, I'm putting places like on the, I have a map. Mm-hmm. I mentioned before I generated a map, mm-hmm. copy and pasted from other maps to make it what I wanted and stuff. And mm-hmm. I have a, you know, known world map right now. So as things roll in, you know, 
we have two characters that are playing the cat people, which I'd never even heard of until they mentioned it because it's in a different material. Yeah. That's not a cork uh, race. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So I read through and it's like, oh, they come from, you know, a faraway island uh, and don't traditionally travel out of it or they do, but only, you know, to get information to bring back. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, where's the, where's their homeland going to be? Okay. So now I'll have this designated large island where they come from and that'll, you know, be where anything related to them may happen or whatever. You know, they have a place on the map that they come from your background. You're like, you talk about this island. Like, okay, so now where's this island going to be? Yeah, see, that's um, what, I, again, I did that just for ambiguity on your end. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I, I mean, I had them designed as orphans, him and his friend. So yeah. I just put islands as thinking that that would be somewhere away. And wherever you decide that's, that's the island they come from, I can work that into my character. But I didn't want to be like, they come from the town of so-and-so, which is across Rivendell's I tried to be vague about it just to Mm -hmm. make it easier for you to to pick places I hope I didn't make it harder no I I actually looking at my map I did actually give you your uh, our place to marker where your original home would be Uh and then where the uh, place you actually grew up is Uh, the school yes the school yeah the school so it was interesting picking a spot for that because it's got to be not too far out of the way, mm-hmm. but still out of the way enough to where, you know, there's that privacy that would be around it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've actually picked a spot for that. Again, this this that, this goes back into what I was saying earlier, folks. A DM has to just do this. <laughs> they go, I'm going to make a fucking world and I'm going to flesh it out as much as I can. Yeah, and there are different styles too. You know, uh, one of the first campaigns I watched, actually watching people play, I don't know that there was a overall world map at the start. It was more this is the city, and then uh, in the planning sessions, the DM he just populated like a hundred miles out in each direction. Yeah, and that was it. And then as he's like, all right, as the campaign progressed, they're moving up further north, so I'm going to add more around to the north. Uh, the stuff of the South is still there, um, but you didn't necessarily flesh it out because they're not in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of overall, I think, how I did it. I don't know if, you know, there was stuff we didn't see uh, because he did do, uh, aside from their actual streaming of the game, he did do streams where he just showed planning sessions yeah. for the people that really cared about the behind the scenes and didn't really care about spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he showed his world building type stuff. Which is cool. And I didn't watch all of them. So maybe later on he changed it up or whatever. But he had actually like uh, spread, not necessarily spreadsheets, but more like word docs where he's like, all right, this city is so-and-so. This is what they're known for. This is their, you know, what trade they do. This is how big they are. These are, you know, key people in there. And he would just flesh out the cities like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, quite a bit to it. Um and that's why, I, like I said, using the backgrounds is a big help because at least gives starting points. I'm like, all right, I know this is here, this is here, and this is here. It makes sense for the group to all be together at this part of the map. Right. You know, whatever reasons brought them there. So, yeah, lots of work ahead of me. Mm-hmm. 
for this one campaign of the 20 we're going to run in our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool stuff, man. I'm uh I was I'm 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 looking forward to it. <clears throat> it's good times. Uh again, for anybody else that's interested in anything we're talking about, uh you can look at uh roll20 uh roll20.net. That's the website that that's we are using it's basically a fucking D platform website it's got everything you need to just play the game uh you it's can a table type site it's not just D, it's also pathfinder yeah uh there's a I, I was looking through their list of character sheets there's one for a mass effect tabletop game mm-hmm. so there's yeah a lot every system you can think about just about has a sheet on it yeah and of course, you can always go out of your way to go find, you know, D and D books. It don't have to be fucking books. There's PDFs out there. Come on, it's 2018, folks. You can you can read up on all this. Definitely check out uh, Critical Role again. Episode one will draw you in. If 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 the if the new if the the, the nerdy talk the, the actual voices blows your mind, just skip forward past the intros. And as soon as you see them, they're just fucking people. And they're not, mm-hmm. they're also uh, professional fucking people in their life. They are voice actors who are, have careers and are professionals and are paid and have houses and cars and jobs and they're sitting around making funny voices and, and talking about the game. I mean, it's fucking cool. It's very cool. Uh, also, check out Pro Jared's D and D December. I think he's got like twenty something videos, and they're all different types. They're they're general things of like here's some here's some uh, potential do's and don'ts and things you want to try. Here's how to make a character. Uh, here's some funny stories about some times where I've DM'd and some stories that I've heard. So definitely good stuff to check out. Uh, it does it for D and D talk. I think we're good. Yep. Sweet. Uh, so let's talk about, let's talk about something more sports related. Let's talk about speed running in video games. Hold on. We, uh, we, we skipped my other thing for the week. Oh shoot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Go ahead. And yes, this will spoil the background of your character, what you're basing it on a little bit. And by little men, I mean a lot. (laughs) Um, So I started playing The Witcher. Which one? The first one. Oh, God bless your soul. Because I had it on Steam. I got it as part of a pack, I think, or whatever. I have one and two on Steam, Mm -hmm. and then two and three on Xbox One. Um, So started playing through one. Uh... I had the game crash on me before I ever got the save, so I had to watch the intro again. Or And by watch, I mean button mash through it. Yeah. <clears throat> but overall, enjoying it. Um, the The controls are interesting because it's keyboard and mm-hmm. mouse. I couldn't get a controller to work. Not uh, even using X-Pad? Didn't, I didn't, honestly. I spent like five minutes trying, mm, okay. if that. And I was like, Okay, I'll just play with the keyboard. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I didn't care enough to go through the work. You don't. Uh, you don't have to. Remember, I'm always the person that always plays controllers. So that's, dude. I totally get it. People play with PC, uh, uh, mouse and keyboard. Totally fine. Yeah, but with that, with Witcher One, I think it's better to play with the keyboard and mouse on the PC at least. Yeah. With the design of the game. Yeah. Um. So it's like, all right. So I spent 
Let's see what Steam says. I think it's like two hours on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I have seven hours. It's okay. I don't think any of that's sitting there, but yeah, up to seven hours worth. And I was enjoying it, but I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of running in circles doing all these quests. And I'm not really progressing, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of waiting for day night and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I've gotten a taste for the first one. I, you know, completed the tutorial, moved on, and I was starting the rest of, you know, the main story stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to load up Witcher 2. Mm-hmm. But I did so on Xbox One playing the uh, Xbox 360 version I got for Games with Gold, I'm sure, at some point. Okay. Um, so it's backwards compatible playing on the Xbox One, the 360 version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My God, those controls. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I'm like, okay. I, I had played Witcher once. I knew you know, about my runes, about this and that. And it's like, are right, you press this to draw your weapon? I'm like, okay, straightforward. Uh, these are your you know, fast and heavy attacks. Cool. Got it. And then it's like, hold this and do on move the thing around the radial to choose your rune. And then you have to press a to choose that rune, but because it's a tutorial, it won't let you choose the rune unless it specifically is telling you to choose the rune. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Getting a little annoyed, make it through the tutorial. And finally it's like, all right, uh, it's time for you to fight in the arena. And depending on how you do that, so you know what difficulty the game will recommend you play on. Mm-hmm. I killed like one thing and then died. Because <laughs> I just, the controls. Yes. The, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It's okay. <laughs> I could not get my runes off in time. I kept getting hit instead of, you know, attacking. I'm like, all right, I'm targeting it. I'm hitting the button. God, Adam is happening. rolling in his, and he's rolling over right now. He's doing fucking backflips and f- blowing out flames from his nose. <laughs> so I, uh, I think I spent a total of like an hour on Witcher Two. Okay. Now I was like, all right, I think I've had enough. Okay. So I'm at the point where I'm debating: Do I want to go back to one and just start playing through that? <sighs> Uh, continue on with it. Do I want to keep going with two? Because I made it out of the arena. It set me to easy. I was like, yes, please. Um, at least until I figure out this combat better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I started moving around, and I don't like the interface as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you have to go into the meditate menu before you can even take a potion now. Yeah. When in the first one, it's like, you can take a potion whenever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, the interface as a whole, I do not like it. Um, so I, I have to decide if I want to brute force my way through it longer because the reason I'm playing is to get more lore information. Mm. You know, yeah. I want to know more about the story, but I don't want to just go read about it. I want to play the game because okay. they're on my list to play anyway. Okay. So I'm like, all right, do I play through, force my way through two more to get more feel for the story? Do I go back and play one or do I start three? You know? Okay. If you're asking this to me, I have some answers for you. All right. By telling you the way that I played it. I played through the entirety of the Witcher series, quote unquote, by starting with the Witcher 3. I had heard Adam talk about the Witcher series in general forever. And this is around the time when Witcher 3 was already out and was a hot hot mess. And I got it and played it 
and went, holy shit. Now, I specifically asked him many, on many occasions, as I do for many games, do I need to play the prequels? Which, for the Witcher series, is a yes and no. He, you're, mm-hmm. You should play them. No, well, no, not even should. Scratch that. It would be good to play them, to get more backstory and everything, but you don't have to. I played the entirety of Witcher. I'd have to go, I, if I could, if I wouldn't be lazy, I could look up my time as well. I think I got like 130, 140 hours in Witcher 3. Good amount of time in that game. A lot of shit. I went back and played. I was like, okay, I've done Witcher 3. Time to try the original 2 so I can get more background. Played Witcher 1, made it maybe a couple hours into it and said, mm, I'm sorry, but no. I just, I'm so sorry. This is going to sound so bad, but I'm, no. The story is there in Witcher if you want it. I get that. Mm-hmm. I would probably would rather just watch a, a playthrough or something, a synopsis, because I just couldn't. Went through Witcher 2. Things got a little better. Controls, as you said, very, uh, okay. But I made my way through it, and good story. The or, intro uh, to Witcher 2 was awesome. Yes, like the opening cutscene thing, yes. I was like, "All right, yes. I'm on board." Witcher three, whole fucking new story, buddy. Whole new game. I didn't. I don't. I don't just mean story. That it does follow the Witcher background and everything, but mm-hmm. whole new game. Controls more. Sl- they're more sleek. They're more stylized to what you would be used to in this day and age. Graphics fucking phenomenal. The story. Oh boy. You th- Persona 5? Huh. Yeah. Meet Witcher 3. Persona 5? Meet Witcher 3. Witcher 3, Persona 5. There's a lot to that to that game. With me, only have played Witcher 3, either by asking Adam or doing maybe some side research on my own, I got the other information that I should know. Like, and, and there's... The, the, I, I still have a lot of shit confused because there's so much fucking shit to the Witcher lore. There's so much with all the Witchers, all the schools, all the other characters, the kings, the queens, the fucking barbarians, the emperors, the other races, all the magic and alchemy and all. There's, there's a big fucking rich universe there. I played the entirety of Witcher 3 and got it all. I understood the story of Witcher 3. I understood everything that happened in that game. I got all of it in one nice package. Anything that I picked up from playing the little bit I did from Witcher 1 was just some, oh, that's what that is. Oh, okay, that clarifies that. Anything that I picked up in Witcher 2 was, oh, okay, that's what those two were doing. Okay, oh, that's who that king is. Oh, that's what that person was talking about. Mm -hmm. It was never, I didn't finish Witcher 3 and go, what the fuck, man? I'm so fucking lost. <laughs> I got it all. And if I man, there are gonna be people that there are gonna be people that say different, and I, I respect your opinion. I'm telling you, as me, having done what I did, you could just play Witcher 3 and be good. If you play Witcher 1, you're gonna get more back backstory. If you play Witcher 2, you're gonna mm-hmm. get more backstory fleshed out. But you're not going to walk into Witcher 3 going, uh, they'll, they'll give it to you. They'll give you what you need. It'll, it'll, you, you, it'll be explained. Did you play Witcher 3 on Xbox or, or on console or on PC? Okay. And even did on you play PC. With the controller? Mm, yes, I did. Okay. 
So that would be my advice to you. Uh, again, if you want to muscle through Witcher 2, Witcher 2 is a damn good game. Witcher 2 is a step down from Witcher 3, but definitely a step up from Witcher 1. Good God, is it ever. Uh, I got more... They're, the characters that are in Witcher 2 are going to make appearances and come back in Witcher 3. I mean, again, it's all huge. It's all fleshed out. But either in the game somehow, either through their narration or maybe some backstory, maybe even some dialogue, some text, you'll get what these people are doing. The difference mm-hmm. is, and this is something you and I know, is that there's a difference in reading who this person is and playing the game. Yeah, uh, I got a little bit like and a random example. There's a character in the game named Roach. I didn't know about him from anything but Witcher Three. I understood that him he was a friend and an ally to, to Geralt. Uh, okay, when I played Witcher Two, see where he came from. Saw some more shit about him. Got some more background. Cool, but that did not make me go <gasps> click 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 click. Now everything in his story in Witcher Three makes sense, and now I get it. It's more like oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that adventure they went on. Okay, that's that cool thing that they found. All right, cool. So, if you can't muscle through Witcher 1, I completely sympathize. Neither did I. If you don't want to muscle through Witcher 2, I did, but it it's it's you don't have to. You better fucking muscle your ass through Witcher 3, Chris. Not for my <laughs> background's sake, just because of that game. Oh, I'm telling you. You're in for it. I didn't know shit. I, I was like, hey, there's this cool video game out. It's got a guy with two swords on the front and, like, cat eyes. Okay, what's this dumb shit about? And I played it and went, oh, my God. Awesome. Awesome. Uh-huh. So that's my take on the game. Hope you play it. Hope you like it. We'll see. Yeah, I, uh, I think what I'll do is probably load it up on Xbox One and see how it plays. And I also need to go back and load up two on PC since I have it on both um, and see if the PC controls better. Yeah. Uh, from a keyboard and mouse perspective. Yeah. I played. And I'll see how I like it. And I, I just, just to say how I did it, when I played The Witcher 1, when I saw it was before I even jumped into the game, when I saw it was keyboard and mouse only, my fucking peasant console mine went, oh no. <laughs> no, we won't be doing that, I don't believe. And I went and found Xpatter or something, and I mapped keys. And even that, it wasn't just the controls. It was just, it's. A, I'm sorry, man. This is going to sound so fucking asshole to say, but that game is so aged for me. I just, mm. I just couldn't. It was just, uh, I just, I'll just read it. I'll just read the pamphlet. I'm good. Witcher 2 came around, and it had the ability to control with a controller right off the bat, and I mapped things around, and it worked okay for me. I do... Again, this was a year or so ago, and I do remember there being some fucking learning curve and some wonkiness to it, but I muscled my way through it, and what I got from it was some good story. Uh, actually, some very good story for some particular witchers, uh, but it wasn't a necessity. Again, you're going to run into like other witchers in Witcher 3, and you're going to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I can get what's going on with these two. I can get the, this. The, I can get this relationship between these two, and they may throw some side references in, but it's never. They're not gonna look at the fucking camera and go, "Okay, Chris, if you played Witcher two, you would know about this battle we did." <laughs> it's more like, "Yeah, remember that time we did that thing? Yeah, cool." So anyway, this is what we're gonna go try to do. All right, you along? Yeah, let's go. I was able to play Witcher three standalone. Worked just fine for me. 
And that was my intro to it. That was my, okay, I'm going to give this Witcher series a chance. And I went, oh, uh, I'm in. I just happened yeah. to go back and went, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> but, yep. But the spoiler thing that you were talking about is I, and again, just now I can explain again why I did it this way. I'm just, t- I'm trying to fucking make a Witcher character in this D&D campaign. I'm I'm doing a lot of copy paste. I'm doing a lot of uh uh. There's a word for that when you when you uh use other people's properties. Anyway, I I I'm doing a lot of stuff that's already been done. Little imagination. I've kind of tailored some things. I've actually put a little bit of Bloodborne in there. <laughs> but this is not my okay. This is my complete off the wall my imagination. I've I've never thought of myself as a very imaginative person. So I, I'm actually kind of nervous when it does come time for me to make a new character in a new campaign that's completely all me. But we'll see. For now, just because I want to give something to you and say this is my character and just make a character so I can start fumble-fucking my way through a campaign and learning how to play the game, I, t- mm-hmm. I took the brunt work off of creating somebody and just went, this is this character. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to learn the game and we'll see how it goes. Yep. Hopefully it'll be okay. Should be. I uh, I have some, you know, decent ideas about how to do things. So we'll mm-hmm. see. And again, and it's and I didn't know this is fucking hyper specific, but if anything that I've made in that character seems like it's like okay, that's either too OP or that's something that would not exist or whatever, like like the wolf amulet. I try to be more specific about that, but that's actually when I thought about it, I was like, actually, that's kind of a, it's kind of a pretty powerful thing i mean it can control it's supposed to detect anything that's a monster anything a monster a beast a ghoul a ghost a fucking dragon anything and the closer you get to it the more it vibrates well that's that's a pretty powerful thing we could be just i'm i'm trying to figure out how to work that in in a non-mechanic breaking way yeah if you don't Uh, think you can if it's too much fucking work dude i'll ditch it i don't even have to have one i just thought of one and threw it in there because well mainly because that space was blank (laughs) uh adam was actually telling me that there is i don't know if this is fifth edition as well but Mm -hmm. apparently there's an appendix that has like uh some like some kind of treasures it's like valuable treasures or Damn, he was just telling me about this today he was saying he ran a campaign one time with a dm that let them let everybody in the party pick one item from this list. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's notable loot tables notable in the uh, DM guide. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't tell us we could, but I mean, if the amulet's not a thing and you allow us to, I'll just go pick one of those. I don't. It's not that big of a deal. I just literally threw something in there because what would this character have on him? Well, he's part of a school. He'd have an amulet. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that it would probably be something you earn. Yeah. You know, it'll you'll have the amulet itself, but it won't do very much yeah at the start and then you'll earn additional features of it or something like that right right yeah it's cool stuff man i'm anxious i'm ready hopefully this other person get their character made and then we can start talking times and then we can fucking roll because now now my mind is on it now my (laughs) time's on it be good no pressure yeah no pressure at all (laughs) Uh, the pressure is on you to go play Witcher 3. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we do move into the topic? We good? Nope. 
Sweet. We should talk about speed running. It's one of our topics we've had on our mind for a while, and uh, one of our one of our uh, hangups for for talking about it recently was that I was going to get my make my way through uh, ADGQ twenty eighteen, and I finally have. Though that's not all that this talk is going to be about. This talk about speed running in general. Uh, I am the prick asshole who did not take notes for this at all, so I'll be uh, talking <laughs> off the cuff. Uh, uh, and actually, I felt more—I felt even more wrong and bad because there was there was actually some very interesting notes I should have taken at ADGQ 2018, and I didn't. Uh, there was two runs in there where, man, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. For those out there that don't know what this is, this is speed running. The idea is people systematically go through a game as fast as humanly fucking possible. And it goes beyond what you may even be thinking. Let's take a game like Random Game. Let's take Super Metroid for hopefully majority of you have played that game. It has some hard limits in it to how fast they would like you to beat it. If it takes you nine hours to beat it, it fucking takes you nine hours. Nobody's pressuring you. There's uh, an average level that people revolve around, and I'm just gonna throw numbers out because I don't have the list in front of me. But let's say, let's say, let's say four hours it takes the average person four hours to run through Super Metroid. Say it takes a pro player three hours to do everything in the game, get a hundred percent, and you're thinking that's pretty cool. So you go play the game, you put it on the hard difficulty. You get 100%, and you beat that game in like two minutes and 30-something seconds. I mean, two hours and 30-something <laughs> minutes. You're like, damn, I did it fast. A speedrunner will go through that game in 17 minutes. Easy. Nothing. They will employ several things to make this happen. I mean, it's a lot. There is a Chris will attest to this. There is a lot to speedrunning. Okay, it's not just yeah. press start and go through the game as quick as you can. There's glitches. Yes, they do use glitches sometimes, but there's also glitchless speed runs. There are uh, gimmicks or uh, maneuvers that either are in the game or were in the game but not really known and just found out, like walking through particular areas of walls or doing a particular jump that connects into another jump that isn't normally a thing, but they do it, and it gets them to other areas. Um, there, there are lots of tools that a speedrunner uses, and at the end of the day, it's always trying to shave off another... I don't even want to say second. It's fucking milliseconds. Yeah, it depends on the game. Some games, you measure the time in minutes. Mm -hmm. Some games, you measure it in milliseconds. Yeah. Uh, this to me, I think I've said this in an early, early episode somewhere, but speed running folks, this is my fucking football. This is the thing that I watch and I get up out of my chair and I go, yeah, fuck, I'm fucking hollering and rooting for somebody to do something, <laughs> especially when it comes to ADGQ and like races. I love watching speed running races because this on the video game side of things is the culmination of the peak of professional fucking or or not even professional but the fucking cream of the crop players of a game going head to head trying to beat each other's times and it's 
I, I fucking love it. I love it. Uh, Speedrunning has been around for a while. This is not some new thing that popped up in the last mm-hmm. five years. I mean, people have been speedrunning forever. There's always been time. If you've ever seen any game back in the day that had a time attack in it, that's, that's what it was for. And even if they didn't have a time attack, there would be people that would jot down their time on a fucking piece of paper. I beat the game in this amount of time. Speedrunners in general have a large community. They are often in, they are heavily involved with each other on their respective games. Use most of them are pretty good about having an opening and welcoming welcoming community. Even if you've never yeah. been in a speedrunning community, if you really really like Super Mario Brothers three and you decide, hey, this speedrunning thing was pretty cool, I'll jump in. You fucking find a Discord or a forum or something, a Twitch page, a Twitch channel, and you go talk to these people, and they will help you out hey here's some cool things to start with here's some stuff and you will progress as well and learn more tricks and and you will get better as well the deterrent for speed running the thing that's going to turn most people away is time there is a lot of fucking time and again as you said it depends on the game true enough but for the majority of these games it's about time and devotion this is almost the level of fucking uh like testing out a game for a bug like you're gonna have to play something over and over and over and we're talking days weeks months maybe even years on end you have to understand what these people do they systematically break this game apart it's it's like a known thing Mm -hmm. yeah they break the game like there's no there's no way around it folks they break these fucking games they will take every single section of every single level, of every single enemy encounter, of every single room, every single step in a room, and they will systematically and mathematically find the quickest way to do something. And then once they find it, they have to perfect it. They have to do that over and over and over for one and step into a room and then to another step in a room and to another step in a room repeatedly until the, I don't know, three years later, they're to the point where they're playing this game over and over and over again, multiple times a day, all the way through, and making sure all of these things play out correctly, that they're that all their jumps are frame perfect, and all of their their dodges are frame perfect, and all this stuff it takes a lot of fucking work to get where these people are at GDQ. But when you get to see the fruits of their labor, to me, it's fucking awesome. It is it is truly spectacular. Yeah, and this isn't just, you know, running around in the game doing stuff either. You know, that's a big part of it. But it's also, for a lot of games, they'll go back and look at the actual code of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, what is the game doing here? Okay, why did it do that? Let me go look at this code and break down the code behind the game, the source code, reverse engineer it, and go, oh, okay, so based on this, if you move at this point, that changes a in a behind-the-scenes counter in the code to this, which triggers this. Okay, so now we've been able to progress through this area automatically because we did something, whether it's an arbitrary number of steps Mm -hmm. or pressing, you know, certain buttons on the controller in a certain order uh, gets this background code to this value that just, okay, the end door is open. I've now beat the game. Yep. But it's been like 30 seconds. Yep. It's ridiculous. There is a lot of manipulation in a lot of games in the speedrunning community. But if that's not your thing, and I understand that because it's not always mine either. I, I like watching somebody go through a game legit 
they call it glitchless or no manipulation or if there's a known manipulation for it they'll put it in the header like hey uh we know that if you do this red balloon trick you can shave off 27 minutes of your time we do no balloon no balloon trick in this yeah. run it's just going through the game but yeah there's a lot of code manipulation rng manipulation like it, whoa we got so many examples don't we chris an example is final fantasy 4 uh, they have a way, and I'm God. I hope I've got this correct as I can. They have a way to manipulate RNG in that game, whereby the steps that they take in a castle, depending on where they move and how far they move, somehow in some weird Uber code language thing, tells the game that they will have no random encounters if they do this certain walk and that certain walk and then go out in the world and walk this certain way. Like, yeah. shit like that blows my fucking mind. How, how did they fucking figure shit like that out? It blows my mind. Love it. That That's where I'm talking about, you know, going into the code and stuff. Final Fantasy VII is the same way, and that's one of my favorite speedruns. Oh, is, yeah. Is uh, Final Fantasy VII. That's a long game. Oh, yeah. And the core of being a top runner in that game and I have done a speed run of Final Fantasy 7. Nice. I actually sat down and my time was like 13 hours, but that's still pretty fast. Yeah, that's incredibly you know, fast, dude. That that's a game that in our, you know, childhood we spent over 100 hours playing. Yep. You know, not all of it necessary, but like a actual playthrough was probably at least 60 hours. Yeah, 60 to 80 is uh, a comfortable, yeah, when you talk to friends, they spent the 77 hours. Yep, it's about what I did. Yeah. yeah. But a big part of it is step count, which I cannot do. Yeah. So I got my 13 hours without step count, yeah. which wasn't bad. Um, And it, there are so many different mechanics to learn in the game. That's like, all right learn these other mechanics and then learn step count mm -hmm. because that's when you'll shave off, you know, three hours of your time. Yeah. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of building and learning shit for this game. Uh, full disclosure. I've never speed run any game. I think that my only speedy thing in life was I beat Metroid prime on hard mode under three hours. It was like two forty something. And that was <laughs> literally the day before I left, for my first military deployment. I literally beat that. I did that the day before I fucking walked out the door and left to go to the desert. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm, what I'm getting at is, is I, I have never, I haven't looked, dude, th th you want to talk about a fucking hole to go down? Jesus. Every single game that these people speed run, there is a community for. And every community, tr they all have multiple people hitting this game from multiple angles and coming up with new techniques, with new tech, the way they say it. So yeah. you'll take a game like, here's an example. Oh, that's probably a bad one. But we'll say Super Mario World. Okay, Super Mario World's been around for a long time, folks. And that game is being speedrun to this day. I can't even fucking count. I could not count how many people professionally speedrun this game. How many times every, it's like every other day a new tech comes out for this game. Here is a new thing in World 4, uh, Level 3. When you hit this enemy this particular way, it'll do this thing that will shave off you know, 20 seconds of your time. All right, cool. The whole entire speedrunning thing for this thing just got shifted. There's a new goal to meet. 
everybody has to beat this game and then when you get to this particular part in this particular level you need to do this thing differently you did it cool now finish the rest of the game in your speed running mode that you already know how to do perfect that's a broad over generalization of this shit i'm telling you it's 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 in depth it is scary how in depth this stuff is and and just real quick you know i mentioned i did it in like 13 hours Mm -hmm. the top you know world record holders for final fantasy 7 the time is just over seven and a half hours Wow! so my speed run was almost double wow what it can actually be done in yep the the idea here from the top down folks is if you if you think of speed running think of any video game you've played we'll say i'm going to say almost any video game you've played think of how fast you have seen it beat or how fast you've beat it you might as well shave several hours off of that mm-hmm. it's 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 crazy it's ludicrous and you can watch these people do this and you can see what they do and even from an outside perspective you have to be in awe of what's going on because everything is so precise. Uh, the testament to them is their speed running uh, to their speed running ability is them being at GDQ where they can showcase right then on the spot. No re- no recording, no backtracking and all that. Oh, we'll come back another day. They got to perform right then. Okay, I'm going to play Ratchet and Clank Deadlocked and I'm going to beat that game 100%. In two hours, 27 minutes. They give me a two hour 30 for buffer time. I beat it in 2.29. I had to do that right now on the spot. No fuck ups. Mm -hmm. Everything, all your frame specific, all your maneuvers, all your techniques, all your abilities, all your skips, all that have to be executed in real fucking time. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's utterly fucking incredible to watch this stuff. Uh, we're throwing out some terms that our general audience might not know. Uh, I know I just used another one too. Was frame frame specific? Mm-hmm. Let's say you're playing a a platforming game. Pick any one you want. I'm just gonna say Mar- uh, Mega Man X for whatever reason. Sure. Frame perfect is let's say you're going to an enemy and you want to jump over the enemy. You really have a large range that you can jump over. You may not think you do, but you actually do. You can get right up on the enemy. You can jump straight up and you can go over. You can get about a step or two from the enemy and jump and you can clear it. You can be three and a half steps back and you'll just clear them. When they're playing this game, they're going to get to a point where, okay, I'm running up on this bee flying enemy. If I jump at this specific pixel at this exact millisecond and then hit this wall at this exact pixel, we'll say maybe a two pixel range. And I Mm -hmm. press the button, my jump button again at this exact millisecond. I can do this thing. If I don't, I actually probably added maybe three seconds to my time. Doesn't sound much, but when you have that repeated over and over and over again, that adds up. Now you've added close to 20 minutes to your time. Like, all of this stuff is so fucking precise, and you don't realize it unless the commentators are there telling you, but when you hear shit like, oh, oh, by the way, that was frame-specific, he needed to hit that within a 32 of a second, that's important, and they're doing this over and over and over, and you can watch the game and go, holy shit, that was an incredible jump. Yes, but it was also frame and time-specific. It was meant to happen right there, 
exactly right then. And if they fucked it up, it's not like being in football where, oh, you fumbled the ball and it kind of went out of bounds, tried over. No, you, your, your runs could possibly be fucked. Yeah. And not only do you have frame perfect, you also have pixel perfect. Mm-hmm. So there may be a maneuver where you have to jump at that specific pixel. And that may be, you know, depending on what generation of console you're talking about, that can be either a decent margin or a very, very, very narrow margin. Yeah. Um, so you've got not only frame perfect, but you also have pixel perfect. Then you then you'll have a combination of two, frame perfect, pixel perfect. Mm-hmm. So you just exponentially increase these difficulties on these moves to where there are some that are literally only able to be done by a computer. Yeah. Which they, those That's runs are called something else they do. Runs, yeah. <laughs> tool assisted speed runs. Um, <clears throat> where literally they program a computer to do all these moves in a specific order because maybe they're just testing out routes. Maybe they're just displaying what they can do or maybe just because it's literally not human possible. Yeah. Um, and I was actually watching a recap from not uh, AGDQ that just happened, but the SGDQ from last year where mm-hmm. during one of the things, uh, the guy made it look easy. And the commentator was like, by the way, that move he just did, that was previously considered unattain- un- uh, unobtainable by a human. That was yep. only a Taz only. Yep. Uh, that was a Taz only maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just made it look like it was nothing. It's awesome awesome now so okay if we've if we've partially sold you on speed running in general you're saying okay okay you're throwing a lot of jargon at me you're throwing a lot of time specific stuff okay so they they play the game really good that's kind of an understatement i mean again they they fucking break these games apart you can go through any game that you think you're good at or fairly decent at and they it will it, it makes you look sad. I mean, th- there are so many things about a speed running uh, a speed runner to a game that are just off the. They're just wiped off the map, uh, like taking damage. Unless they sp- they don't take damage in that game unless they want to for a reason. You know, there there are no hit no hit runs. That's what they do. That's that's how they play their game. You want to play uh, Ninja Gaiden and never take damage. It may take you 20 fucking years to ever do that. They play the game like that. That's their base level. Yep. You know, because getting hit, you know, knocks your character back, takes time. If it's if it's time related, they're already doing that and it's off the record. They're, they're not concerned with that. You know, continues mm-hmm. and lives and save points, shit like that. So the even the most good way that you can play a game, they're playing... T- perfection level like it's 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 crazy so you're hearing all this and you're saying okay so yeah they play games to perfection level okay what what would make me interested in this what would i want to see there's a few avenues you can look at uh at any given time you can go to twitch and find people that are actually practicing or running the games right now for you just name a game you mm-hmm. probably go into Google and type in Twitch and that game name and speedrun, and you'll probably come up with probably at least one group, maybe several, of Twitch streamers or or learning groups or whatever to just see what the thing is like. But if you want the cream of the crop, in my opinion, you want to look at GDQ. Uh, I believe we've talked about this as well, but I'm talking about it now. 
GDQ to me is one of the coolest things about gaming. It's uh, I, I'm I watch uh, tournament stuff a little bit here and there. I'll watch Evo. I'll watch like the top the top eight stuff like that. I generally get entertained by that, but I don't know enough about the fighting game uh, minutia to do all of what's going on. I just get a general idea. This stuff right here, this is the this is meat and potatoes gaming for me right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you have is speedrunners from all over the world, not just U.S. They come and they meet in the central place, and they there is a laundry list of games. They play for seven days, 24 hours. There is always a speedrunner running some game. Uh, and it just... It's it's a shit ton of games being run by a shit ton of very talented, very awesome gamers. <clears throat> you have commentators that are that are there commentating what's going on because most of the time, the person running the game is ex- is concentrating extremely hard. You can understand why they may talk about what they're doing, and you do have a lot of ones that do that. But the commentators mm-hmm. on the couch behind them are there to also do that for you. They facilitate the gaming knowledge for you, the language for you. So, example, you'll see somebody do a jump, and for you, you just go, okay, he did a jump. And the commentator will be like, okay, so what that is, is number one, you're not even supposed to be in this area. But two, this was discovered a couple years ago by so-and-so, so-and-so, and that jump had to be frame-specific because if it wasn't, he would fall through that hole that you saw, and that would set him back to the continue screen, which would put him at another 40 seconds of time, and just stuff like that. They give a lot of flavor. They may give some history about the game. They may give some history about how the game has progressed in the speedrunning community, but they're there to add flavor, and they do. They do a pretty good job of that. Uh the gdq as a whole oh and by the way gdq is not alone there are several venues for speedrunning tournaments and whatnot gdq is yeah. just the one that i i have primary knowledge of uh they are they are a charity event so during the gameplay there people will be just be donating money they just like the game that's being played or they like the speedrunner that's speedrunning the game or they like what they see and they're being entertained and they just donate money. Uh, a lot of it goes to incentives, which is where they're playing. Here's some cute ones for you. The, the incentive is, okay, guys, so we have this speedrunner playing Super Metroid. Uh, if we, if you guys manage to donate $10,000, we will make him play Super Metroid with one hand. Uh, if you make it up to $20,000... We will make him play the game with one hand with another player as well. So two different people with two different hands are going to be playing one game with one controller. Stuff like that. And that's a big one. There's all kind of little ones like, uh, what do you want to name the character of this RPG? Mm-hmm. We have these names lined up. If you, Whoever has the, Mac, the most money for it, that's, that's what the name will be. Lots of incentives. Lots of money comes into this thing. And it all goes to charity. I mean, it all, I'm, I'm like 80, 90%. I'm, I'm not sure. But it's for charity, regardless. Think about that for a minute, folks. There are guys and gals out there who are being a re- ludicrously expert level, at a ludicrously expert level, are coming together to one place to play a game for you and the audience abroad to just say, hey, here's my skill. Here's what I'm going to do. 
the top world record for speed running uh, Dark Souls is 48 minutes. I'm going to beat this bitch in 39 today. I figured out some new tech. I set my own personal world record. I'm going to show you today how it's done. And so on and so forth for like 300 other games. And it's for charity. All the money. We're talking millions of dollars, folks. All donated to charity. It's awesome. It's very awesome. One of uh, Chris, you talked about one of your uh, your favorite is Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, my one of my favorites. I'd probably say my absolute favorite thing to watch at GDQ so far has been the Super Mario Maker blind relay races. <laughs> Let me flesh this out for the audience because I know you've seen these, but by God, this guys and gals, this is it. I get legitimately out of my chair, fucking clapping, screaming, go, go. This is my shit. Okay. Start from the beginning. For those that don't know, there is a video game out there for the Nintendo Wii and the 3DS called Super Mario Maker. The idea is you can create your own Mario video games, essentially. You have a palette set up, and it's just like creating anything on like a computer, a spreadsheet, whatever. You take stamps, basically, and you create the bottom level of the game. You create other stamps to add some background stuff. You take some other stamps and create blocks where you want them to be. You take some other stamps with power-ups in them, and you set them around. You make pits. You just th- This is baby basic shit, I'm telling you. The idea is you, ha- you have this game where you can create levels to your own discretion. They just give you the fucking Mario Mario video game level tools and say, make whatever level you want. Go for it. This has gone to a sadistic level. There are games that people <laughs> will make that are actually fucking impossible to beat, and then they, they crank it down one notch to where, yeah, like two people have ever beat this level in this game in the entire world. 76,000 people have played this level. Two people have beaten it. It's that fucking hard. Okay. So in GDQ, what they have done, try to explain this as best I can without losing you. They'll have four different screens set up to play this game. It's going to be a relay race. The minute somebody dies, somebody else has to take their place. Each team will have three or four people. So you've got like 16 people playing this game already. They're all split up into teams. They will play this game. Three, two, one, start. They play the game. They're on it. Then they pick a level. They, none of these 16 people have played this level before. This is a brand new level to them. They are speed runners. All of them. Yes, they've gone through multiple games on their own. They're usually, like, maybe they're all Mario-specific speed runners. They've all been through Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, or Super Mario, whatever. They can play play video games very well. They can probably play platform games way better than you ever thought you could. But they're in Mario Maker on a brand new level that somebody made incredibly fucking hard, and they're blind. Not blind as in they have a blindfold, but they don't know what they're getting into. They've never played the level before. There's minute, and then they three, two, one, start, and they all play. The minute somebody dies, somebody else in their team takes over, and they swap, and they swap, and they swap. And I'm telling you, Chris, 
seeing them go through these levels and all so close to each other. And then one person makes it a little further, and you're like, "Yeah, oh man, he died!" And somebody else catches him. If mm-hmm. y'all, if you, if if guys and gals, if you can't picture that in your mind, you just need to go right after this episode. <laughs> go to YouTube, look up, G, type in GDQ Super Mario Maker Relays. That should be all you need. There's probably three to four unfortunately there's a very small amount of maybe like four or five at the most they didn't do it this year yet maybe they'll do it at uh adgq i mean uh gdq but that right there that that gives you an idea of the fun that goes on in in this kind of stuff that there are other types of incentives i gave you one earlier where people play certain ways there is actually a legitimate gamer that speed runs the games talk about humbling somebody I think uh, what is his, what is his name? One armed, is he's half half controlled, half half coordinated. I think is his name. He physically in real life only has one arm, unfortunately. But he speeds run he speed runs games. You didn't catch that. Let me throw that again. He plays video games with one hand. He speed runs them. That means he beats them hours underneath time you ever thought you could. Dude, he does it with one hand. But they will have incentive runs for other people like, hey, here's this game. If you donate $50,000, he will play this game blindfolded. You want to see somebody run through, say, Ocarina of Time blindfolded? Speed running the game blindfolded? GDQ has you covered. Uh, they have games where they will... Somebody, uh, silly incentive. Take the controller, turn it upside down. Speed run <laughs> the game with a controller upside down. Yeah. Speed run the game with two people with one controller playing the game. They are speed running. I'm emphasizing that for a reason. They're not just saying, "Hey, we have Michael and Chris are just going to play one game with one Super Nintendo controller." And we just go, "Oh man, you jumped over that hole. Oh no, you got hit by the enemy. Darn you, Chris. Let's start back over." No. They expertly beat the fucking brakes off a video game with Two people controlling the game with one controller. Awesome. Yeah. They have a lot of the best runs involve more than one person. Yes. At least the more entertaining runs, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, Because best is a very arbitrary term and, you know, that depends on what your preference is. But I find that the most entertaining runs that like GDQs are the ones that involve more than one person. Whether that's, you know, two players on one controller or a race. The races are my favorite. Yes. Just in general. Yes. Love races. Um, love it, love it, love it, love Especially it. when you get a very intense game mm-hmm. uh, like Mega Man X or mm-hmm. X2. Mm-hmm. Uh, those players are often, you know, milliseconds off each other on their records. Yes. Uh, you may have the world record holder and then the next three people in the top four playing yeah. the game at once. Yeah. You want to see some movement, control, and just madness. That's what you want to watch. Yes. It's insane. It is not unheard. It's happened a few times where people have been playing a game and they'll say time and everybody be clapping and cheering like, yay, yay, cool. And the guy goes, what was my time? And they go, and he goes, wait, what was my time? That That's a world record. We just beat the world record right here, right now. And you're like, fuck yeah. Awesome. Awesome mm-hmm. stuff. Uh... 
uh, th- this is entertainment, folks. This is, a, this is video game entertainment in a nutshell. Now, I will tell you that, that you, it is possible to get bogged down with some games. There are mm-hmm. some games that while not every game that can be speedrun is great for performance level. Not every game you're going to be on the edge of your seat. There are some games that are tailored more to that, and that also goes to the speedrunner and or the commentators. Yeah. Uh, if they're just being very... Uh, yeah, that was actually a frame-perfect run. Um, he's coming on the other town now. Like, I, Your entertainment purposes... Or your entertainment is going to be give or take, depending. But there's gold. <laughs> there's gold in the Nar Hills of GDQ. Uh, you got to think they're playing 24 hours a day. They're playing multiple games every day. And I believe the GDQ scene happens twice a year. So you have multiple videos all already cut out, cropped and edited just for you, for your entertainment purposes right now. I think this thing started back in 2008 or nine. I I forget. Something like that. It was like five guys in the basement. Five guys in a basement, something like that. Yeah, and now it's multiple thousands of people in a venue running for twenty four hours with millions. I mean, they've 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 made they've raised, I want to say thirteen, fourteen million dollars, maybe even more. Who knows? They get a lot of money, and it's all to charity. And it, and and even and it's that, and it's fucking a gaming community getting together and being mm-hmm. super fucking tight and controlling and. Oh man, it's it's entertainment. It has its lulls, but there are a lot of fucking things to make up for it. Uh, well, where should I start? Well, the two that we said. I mean, hey, if you want to try Final Fantasy VII, maybe that'll be up your alley. If uh, you think the Mario Maker thing is up your alley, go for it. What I would suggest is that think think of any video game that you really like. If you really want to go above and beyond, you can actually go look at all the playlists or go look at all the schedules from past GDQs and just. Just find games in that list that match 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 what you're looking for. But I guarantee you're you're pretty well off going, you know what? Mm, I bet I bet low G Man isn't in there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh yeah, well I bet Ratchet and Clank isn't in there. It's in there. Final Fantasy Six. Yep, they do RPGs. Yeah. Mass Effect, sure. Yeah, it was actually huge for uh it was SGDQ last year, 2017. Final Fantasy VII was run. Yep. It's the first time it's been accepted. And mm-hmm. the guy that played it, uh, Ben's his real name. I don't even know how to pronounce his username. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, I think he's number four right now in the world. I don't know if he was a record holder at the time, but he's, you know, always been like top three or top five. Um, but he finally got in. That was huge for that scene. And there are so many people playing it. Um it, it aside from GDQs, if you just want to look at, you know, a game and see what kind of speedruns are being done, just go to speedruns.com or speedrun.com. I think it redirects if you put an S on it, but whatever. Uh, they have leaderboards where, you know, not everybody speedruns uses it, but pretty much the majority of the community uses it as their leaderboard to track who's a world record holder. Where's the video link of the world record run? You know, yeah. every run on the leaderboard, I say every, most of them will have a link to either a YouTube video, a Twitch VOD or highlight mm-hmm. or something like that showing, you know, evidence of the run because the scenes got to that point where it's like, okay, you want to submit your run, show the evidence. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you'll be amazed at the times and stuff. Uh, you mentioned all the categories. There are categories for pretty much every game that is able to be split up, you know, whether that's – like Final Fantasy VII alone has like eight categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's any percent. There's 100%. Uh, there's uh, any percent no slots, which means no uh, Kate Sith insta-kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there, and those are all generally glitchless. There's a glitch category for the PC version, a glitch category for the PlayStation version. Um, there's uh, the PC glitch version. I don't. I think there's actually two categories for that because one's the Yuffy Warp, which lowers a game to like two and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the PC version, because you can speed it up or whatever, has its own category. Uh, for the sped up version of it, mm-hmm. playthrough, uh, and this just continues on. Uh, one of my other favorite games to watch is Super Mario sixty four. Yeah, yeah, because that is a very, <clears throat> very movement intensive game mm-hmm. uh, along the lines of you know like Mega Man X is, and that's broken down into star counts. You know, there's the basic forty stars, which is the minimum you need to beat the game, mm-hmm. and then there's one hundred and twenty stars, which means every star in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to watch it, it's probably out there. Mhm. That's a that's another thing that to look to look at. You can find games that have uh two different categories which would be uh like any percent or 100%. And that's pretty much what it says. Usually any percent is we're going to do the absolute basic barest of bare minimum to save time to beat this mm-hmm. game as quickly as possible. 100% is, no, we're getting everything in the game. And you're like, well, that's going to be longer. It, it, it may be. It may be only a few minutes longer. You don't know because they're speed running this game. They're executing yeah. jumps and attacks and maneuvers and everything to insanely specific twitchy moves and, again, just demolishing games, blowing them wide open to what you thought they would ever be capable of. Yeah, and there are people doing runs just to see if it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy, another uh, primarily, I say primarily, that's mostly what I've watched him do is Final Fantasy VII, but he plays, he actually does what he calls the Final Fantasy Fiesta, where oh, he literally nice. speed runs every Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Back to back. And his one of his big ones is Final Fantasy VII, and he act, actually just finished routing, which routing is going through the process of, you know, working out the best route through the game mm-hmm. for a speed run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually just got done routing a solo cloud run oh, for Final wow. Fantasy Seven. Wow. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'm going in this. My estimate is 23 hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 23 hours is about what the 100% route takes. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think he, it's down to like 15 hours for the solo cloud run. Mm-hmm. Uh, not glitchless, of course. Yeah. Uh, or is it? No, because I think I saw him duping items. Yeah. Um, so it's not glitch glitchless, but it is cloud only or, you know, when you only have Sid, it's only Sid. Yeah. And stuff like that. You know, whatever character you have to use then, that's the one that's allowed to be used. Yeah. Mega Man X, Buster only run. You yeah. Know? Mega Man X, no armors, no upgrades, Buster only run. And you're like, well, that's incredibly hard to begin with, but... That's got to mm-hmm. be like 40 minutes. No, nah, like like 12 <laughs> or some shit like that, you know? 
Uh, I think I think the base category for like hundred percent is twenty six minutes, twenty three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's twenty three for a hundred percent. And again, so, there, I honest, I I will say that there are some genres I don't see. You won't. You're. I don't see Madden in in here. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> racing games, probably. Yeah, there's Need for Speed type games in there because there's time. Hey, Racing is involved with time, so <laughs> there is. Uh, there are some real-time simulators, uh, real-time strategy games. Uh, simulators I haven't really seen, but th- there is a wide variety of games in these communities because, again, my scope is only seeing the games that are that you, that GDQ offers. The speedrunning mm-hmm. community is fucking huge, folks. It's literally almost to the point now to where if you can think of a game they speed run it. There are obscure titles that come up in GDQ all the time, and I'm like, I'm either, I've never even heard of that fucking game before, but then you watch them and the fucking, the speedrunner's entertaining, you're like, well, damn, this is actually very cool. Or I'm like, oh, they speed ran that game? Oh, my God. And then you watch them play, and you're like, that's actually fucking cool. Yeah. Wow. There's actually a block at a GDQ that's the awful games block. Yeah. Where they speedrun games like Superman 64. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. a good game, but hey, we're going to speedrun it. Yeah. Um, another aspect of speedrunning we didn't talk about is these games are often not played in the language the person speaks. Yeah. Like Mega Man X2, you look at the leaderboard, it is all the Japanese version of the SNES game. And it's it's that meticulous because they'll tell you, and usually they'll go to the lengths of telling you, the commentator or the speedrunner himself will say, the reason why we're playing the Japanese version is because the text is shorter, the characters don't take as long to get up on the screen, mm-hmm. and there's less text involved and whatever. So that sh- that saves time. That's such an it's it's such a key thing. You will hear them, you will hear them say several times in a run. This shaves a half a second. That shaved seven seconds. This shaved two seconds. This shaved one mm-hmm. minute. This shaved three seconds. And you may think on the onset that, oh, that, that shaved two seconds. whoop de doo It all adds up. And they're trying their best to either meet a time or beat their own record or beat a world record. And every yeah. second is going to count. And, yeah, that's, and that's even another thing. When you hear somebody in a run and you know they're getting up there. You're watching them, and you're watching the time. And they're like, they'll tell you in the, they'll tell you in the run. Okay, if I hit this specific save point, which they won't use, at two hours and one minute, I'm exactly where I need to be. And you'll be watching. You're like, come on, come on, come on. He's almost there. He's, oh man, he's like, he's like, like forty two seconds over. Fuck. But then they'll gain the time back somewhere in another part. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. So it's, oh man. I, I, I love GDQ stuff, man. I love speed running. I don't think I'm ever going to be brave enough to get involved in that. I definitely don't <laughs> think I'm going to have enough discipline and time to devote playing the same game for three years straight. But watching it, again, taking the entertainment aspect from it, this is my this is my turn on the TV and fucking root for somebody or a team mm-hmm. and watch somebody compete and watch somebody reach or beat a goal. I love it. I love it to death. Yeah. And there are a lot of good personalities out there too in the yeah. speedrunning community. Yeah. You'll have, and, you know, we have hyped up GDQ quite a bit, but to, you know, kind of 
point out one of the uh, negatives to it is, yes, it's a bunch of gamers, and yes, you know, this doesn't apply to everybody, but a large portion of gamers are awkward mm-hmm. uh, socially, and you have, even if that's not the case, they may have a different sense of humor, a different type of personality than you're used to or you want to deal with, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so you may watch a run and no matter how good the game is, no matter how good the run is, you're like, wow, I do not want to listen to this person talk a moment more. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, eh. So there are, there are runs like that, you know, can't be perfect. Um, but hey, good on them anyway. Yeah. And most of the time you'll find multiple runners of that game anyway. So, you know. It's a mixed bag. You know, you never know what you're going to get when you watch any of these, be it a Twitch channel or a GDQ or some YouTube video of another speedrunning community. You never know. Speedrunning is a multinational thing. There there are GDQ things all over the world. There are speedrunning communities and events all over the world. So you've got a wide variety to pick from. And again... If you want to check it out, just get you get you a handful of games that you enjoy, you think you're good at, or you'd like to see somebody just just fucking waylay. And I pretty much guarantee you, one or two, maybe even all of those games that you picked, you're gonna find some speed running, and hopefully it'll be some entertainment for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely stick to races. Definitely stick to gimmicky things. The gimmicky things will get you too. You know, it's. To to me, watching two individuals play a game with one controller, that's entertainment. That's entertainment, folks. Because not only is it entertainment because they're talking back and forth and they're trying to play the game, what you don't, what you you see but you don't say is that they're speed running that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they are utterly 100% excellent perfecting, perfectly playing that game. It's two different people playing with one fucking controller. It's awesome. And a lot of times, that isn't something that they've practiced. They may have practiced since they physically showed at the GDQ, you know, yep. like two days prior. Yep. But before that, they lived on other sides of the world from each other. Mm-hmm. And now they're there and they're like, all right, we're going to do this run if the incentive is met. So I guess we should practice. And they're like, all right, well, I've got an hour tonight. Yep. Let's go practice. That's why so, a, lot of, a lot of those incentive runs are awesome because they're like, yep, so your guys are making me play this blind. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. And again, mm-hmm. usually they will pick, they will have, they will be, they'll be playing a game that's in their wheelhouse. So if they're used to playing a lot of platforming games at a speed running comp- competition level, they'll, they'll have a, you know, a platformer style game and you'll see them using shit. Like they're still fucking awesome at the game, but they may die now and again. They may get a hit from yeah. something, but you can see that like, man, these fucking, this is skill. And there are whole tournaments based on that. Mm-hmm. There are literally blind speedrun tournaments where you're going to go through and play seven games you may not have ever even heard of. Yep. Charity you're going to have a bracket to go through, you know, and whoever does best wins it. Yep. And like just like you said earlier, too, charity runs and charity streams. It's man, come on, you you somebody says, man, I'm running, I'm running a, a fucking Zelda. Sp- fucking run and i've got five hours well in that five hours i'm playing through nine zelda games it's like wow awesome hey and all my money's going to charity just because this is shit i do it's a good community it's a good thing to watch it's a good thing to get involved with if you want to get involved with it but uh 
yeah, go check them out. Just speed running, pick a game, GDQ, speed running, whatever, and have have a blast. Hope you'll be entertained by it. Uh, I think that's going to do it, Chris. I think that might be it so. today. Uh, what are your thoughts, folks, on uh, speed running? Uh, if if you've already checked it out, what 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 are your some of your favorite events, some of your favorite games you like to see speed run, and why? Uh, I'll give you another example just off of my head. Dark Souls is a fucking hellaciously crucial, uh, critical game. It it will fucking flay you open. But watching somebody go through that game, soul level one, nude with nothing, and they are like just ba- bitch moding that game is like oh cathartic. That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that you can look forward to when you look for the the games you'd like to see speed ran. What games would you like to see speed run? I'd, you can comment to us and tell us about what games you'd like to see it. But hey, go search them for yourself. I guarantee you, they're probably out there. Uh, what about uh, what else we talk about D and D? What? Oh man, did we? Did we? Did I hurt anybody's feelings with my talk? My horrible ignorance in D and D. What? Uh, tell us. I love to hear people's D and D stories. This is something that I loved listening to in Pro Jared's D and D Simber, but him just telling like four or five different stories about. Let me tell you about this fucking barbarian I had one time, or let me tell you about this rogue I had one time. A lot of stuff like that. What stories do you have from campaigns that you may have played? Are you interested in D&D? Do you have questions for, well, mainly Chris, but sure, yeah, I could try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you have stuck around the spoiler area, did you? what did you think of Persona 5? Did you make it all the way through that game? What did you, what did you get? What did you not get? What things did you do and not do? Did you go through New Game Plus? Did you like the ending? Did you like the story? What didn't you like? Do you like us? Do you hate us? We'll take those comments, too. We like any and all feedback. Trust me. We love hearing from our community in any way, shape, or form. Just keep it fucking civil. Keep it cool. And, you know, if you got a complaint, as long as it's a legitimate one, we'll entertain it. You can send any of this feedback to us through a few ways. Uh, We have a Facebook page. Just search Facebook for the End of Time cast. It's probably how you found this episode right here or this entire channel. Woohoo promotions that we do solely out of our pocket. Not I'm not not being mean about that. Just saying we do it for you. Want to build the audience. Uh you can send us an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. It's spell it just as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can search Twitter for End of Time Cash. You can tweet at us. That would be fine, too. Any way you want to get a hold of us, we'd love to hear feedback. Anything you want to talk about, suggestions for what you want us to talk about, comments on anything you've heard in this episode or any episode, just talk to us. We'd love to know what you think. That's going to do it for tonight. Hope you were entertained. And until next episode, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. Hey.